0: This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever you want. Just dial in toll-free at 1-800-259. Oops. <laughs> tisk tisk. I didn't even think about it. Brand new toll free number. That old eight hundred number is no good anymore. 1-855-450-FREE. free. We'll see how long it takes me to figure it out. One eight five five four five zero F R E E. That is the brand new toll free line. You can still call about anything. That's the only thing that's changed here is the phone number. And joining you tonight, it's Ian and
1: Wayne and Mark.
0: Of course, lots to talk about in the news, including a particularly disturbing story uh, about this super Congress.
2: What the hell
0: is going on?
2: The Politburo, bureau, Ian. I. What well, the hell? Congress has figured out that uh, you know the government is just too Super cumbersome. Congress. It's too cumbersome, and uh, you know it needs to be streamlined and <laughs> made more efficient. Uh, Does you know,
0: anyone take this seriously anymore? I mean, this whole government <laughs> thing. With you mean the, the
2: whole uh, Constitution thing? I can tell right. you, they don't in, in Washington D.C.
0: Well, I mean, from that perspective, you could ask you could ask it that way, but also just the people looking at these c- Congress people and and d- does anybody believe they take the Constitution or or any of this seriously anymore? Well, I mean, look, it's so clear they can do whatever they want to.
2: So, from a government standpoint, um, one might say that this is an improvement. I mean, this may be a more efficient way to, quote-unquote, govern. To increase know. the size of government. Look, if, if, if one what is want. deciding whether or not, uh, you know, one if one believes in government, likely the size of government is, you know, b- b- lesser or w- or more, really isn't that big of a concern to them. What they're concerned about is efficiency, and one might be convinced that this is a better way to do it. However, if one's concern is the Constitution, that's when you get into this mess where, Oh, my goodness. They didn't follow the rules that they wrote down for themselves. And it doesn't surprise you. It doesn't surprise me. But, you know, that's this is what the offensive part. It's not it's not that uh, one takes government seriously. It's whether one takes the Constitution seriously.
1: Well, sure, but this this whole super Congress thing is really just to get all the opposition in Congress out of the way. It's so that that core group of insiders can do whatever the hell they want with the president, like like, like a dictatorship and a Politburo, and, and all the other congressmen will still get paid, I guess, but they're not going to have any say in anything. That's what I mean by efficiency.
0: So let's talk about <laughs> yeah, what this means yeah. here for those that don't know what we're talking about. Uh, over at Infowars.com, they've got a write up here where Ron Paul is warning that the all powerful new super Congress, created by the vote on the debt ceiling, apparently.
1: They snuck it in there, didn't
0: they? Will One be used to fast track tax increases while concentrating more power over the nation's purse strings in the hands of the Washington elite. Uh, The Super Congress, which was approved by the House, is set to be rubber-stamped by the Senate today. So I haven't seen an update. That was written yesterday. I haven't seen an update on this. Presumably they're going to move forward with it. Uh, Will establish a new level of unaccountable government and will strip elected representatives of the right to amend legislation or filibuster on whatever issues it sees fit. Oh my goodness. Not merely limited to the debt situation. The body will have, quote, extraordinary new powers, unquote to quickly force legislation through both chambers, including gun control, entitlement cuts, and tax hikes. In a statement made yesterday in response to the passage of the Budget Control Act, Congressman Ron Paul expressed his alarm at the establishment of this disturbing new committee, according to Ron, and warned that it would be used to ram through tax increases. Paul said, quote, The legislation produced by this commission will be fast-tracked, and members will not have the opportunity to offer amendments, Approval of the recommendations of the super Congress is tied to yet another debt ceiling uh, increase. This guarantees that members will face tremendous pressure to vote for whatever comes out of this commission, even if it includes tax increases. This provision is an excellent way to keep spending decisions out of the reach of members who are not on board with the leadership's agenda, unquote. He also added that uh, the committee represents nothing more than a way to disenfranchise the majority of Congress by denying them the chance... For meaningful participation in the crucial areas of entitlement and tax reform, it cedes power to draft legislation to a special commission, hand-picked by the House and Senate leadership. Indeed, the White House has already indicated it will harness the power of the super Congress, thereby becoming the de facto deciding 13th member to terminate Bush tax cuts from 2012 onwards. Congress will be mandated to carry out an up-or-down vote with no amendments allowed on the recommendations of the super committee on december 23rd one month after the new body completes its work which will be focused on cutting medicaid medicare and social security Mm -hmm. now is the suggestion here this is supposed to be temporary no well why is it why is it saying here that uh that it'll complete its work on december 23rd does that mean that they'll just wrap up for the year and then they'll they'll pick up again next year
2: I hadn't heard anything about it being shortened, but it's not like I'm some kind of Washington insider paying that close to, attention to it. It seems Plus, unlikely
0: that they'll stop this. Right. That
2: You know what they're going to say <laughs> once they get away with this um, – and they will – they're going to see, whoa, this is really fancy and it works so nice. None of this debating or filibustering or all that other stuff where people disagree mm-hmm. with us. We'll just, you know, straight up and down majority vote in the, in this super committee. We don't have to worry about uh, any of the, the outsider c- new Congress critters, the Tea Parties, the freshmen right. that come in with their new opinions and things. We'll just, you know, just run the straight stuff straight through. Mm-hmm. Lots and lots of ac- incumbents. CBS
0: reports that Congress could not modify the committee's recommendation. So this committee makes a decision, then it's passed on to the full Congress for the, for a vote where they can't do anything about it except for a vote uh, up or down on it, basically. So it doesn't sound like they have the ability to truly pass their own legislation yet, uh, but uh, basically they have a way to lock down... What can happen to the, the stuff debating that process, recommend.
2: filibustering, yeah. amendment, the amendment process, which would right. slow it down and change things.
0: You right. Know, so the so the the super elite, all the stuff, that, here, all, the,
2: all the stuff that was done to slow down ugly legislation so that it died, a, mm-hmm. um, you know, a, a death in the obscurity. You can't do that. It's anymore. not possible now.
0: Unless you happen to be not on the super, super Congress, in which case, if you were Ron Paul, clearly he's not going to be on there. If you were Ron Paul and you were to propose something, then that could be, you know, that could be amended because he's not on the super Congress, right? That can be debated, that can be filibustered. Mm-hmm. But if you're in the super Congress or committee or whatever it is, then that's just going to be like being handed down from on high. This this is what we say it should be, and it is untouchable, and you will now vote until we decide to stop letting you vote on it. That seems like the next step, right? Yeah. I mean, we really need to streamline this and make well, it so that whatever the Super Congress recommends is automatically law.
2: You know, if you want to get on the Super Congress, <clears throat> it's looking like <clears throat> you're going to have to get in line here and vote the right way. So, you know, yeah, right. if you don't vote the right way. You're never really going to be an insider.
1: You know, what this reminds me of the movie Invasion of the Body Snatchers, where the person's just mm-hmm. about being taken over now. The Congress, the whole government is just about being taken over by the by the monster or whatever. And you're, you're seeing it happen right before your eyes.
0: one free is the number here. So, Congress could not modify the committee's recommendations. According to CBS, if Congress rejects the super committee's proposals, then automatic across-the-board spending cuts of at least $1.2 trillion would go into effect. Second Amendment organizations feared this new super committee of lawmakers would not stop at ruling over the debt issue and that it could move on to target the right to bear arms by pushing legislation on gun owner registration or perhaps bans on semi automatic firearms or an adoption of a U.N. gun control treaty. Uh, the fact the establishment of a body which threatens to completely rewrite over 200 years' worth of constitutionally-based legislative practice has sailed through with a barely a whimper of debate from politicians or the mainstream media is a damning indictment of how this uh, Obama administration's penchant for executive autonomy, which is really just pretty much the same in, you know, as the Bush administration's penchant, uh, has aggressively seized control of the political process.
1: Mm-hmm. And, you know, when Bush was president... I had a lot of Republicans who were trying to justify this executive power grab that Bush and Cheney had done. And I said, well, just wait. Maybe even if, even if this current president doesn't abuse that power, somebody down the road is going to. Right. And we're seeing that now.
0: Oh, don't worry, Wayne. This is a bipartisan uh, super Congress. So they'll still have uh, the Republicans versus Democrats, if you believe that. If you believe that those two groups are really opposed to one another to any significant extent in Washington, D.C., that's really all they've got to uh, assuage people here. Well, it's it's bipartisan. Don't worry. <laughs> we'll still be arguing about yeah. things. I, I, yeah,
2: yeah. I t- bipartisan doesn't mean anything good to me. Yeah. Nope.
0: Well, look at all that has happened over the years. I mean, despite all of the filibustering and arguing and amendments and everything that's uh, that's gone on, look what we have. This is going to take it to the next level, though. That's for sure. As far as them pushing more tyranny and more government down everyone's throats. 450 free. Where's the issue here? I mean, does somebody actually agree with this? Is there some sort of totalitarian out there that can call in to say, this is a great idea. It's Free Talk Live.
3: Hi.
0: This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Use our brand new number. It's 1-855-450-FREE. 855-450-FREE. joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Wayne. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, where we give you the features on the site. They're uh, completely free. Those features include listening options. You can listen via our live streams. We've got broadband and dial-up versions of the show. They're available around the clock. So the latest episode of Free Talk Live is there for you over at listen.freetalklive.com. Plus, more than just the latest episode, our archives go all the way back to late 2006. In addition, you can get uh, more information on how to listen via our 109 great radio stations across the country throughout the week, as well as our satellite listening choices, including XM Satellite Radio. we got two channels up there in addition to our... Free to air KU band channel and the webcam and listen lines as well, which allow you to call from any phone that can dial long distance and listen that way as well. Again, that's uh
2: listen.freetalklive.com. Here's another hot summer Wednesday. Well, if if you're like I used to be, just dragging through day after day, tired and run down, let me tell you what two little capsules a day of Nature Bee has done for me. It's given me more energy, allowed me to sleep better at night. And it's helped my digestive system. Now, here's Mike Buck to tell you how to get and stay in shape.
3: Hello there, Mark. And you know, you're right, gang. Look at this. Improving that lifestyle has got to begin with good nutrition. So you supplement your daily diet with Nature Bee from Clean Green New Zealand. It's the best way to do just that.
2: But there are a lot of people who have questions about what's in it. And what's so special about
4: Nature Bee?
3: Be skeptical about anything you're going to put into your body, folks. That's great. Nature Bee is pure plant pollen from Clean Green New Zealand, Hundreds of miles from civilization, totally natural, organic vegetable food, actually has every one of the twenty-two essential elements your body needs nutritionally. The benefits are amazing. More energy for sure, improved concentration, and a big old boost to that immune system. And check this out, it's a really good deal. It's going to replace a bunch of stuff in that medicine cabinet. And it's not a medicine. It's food. Six months supply, ninety-nine ninety-five plus delivery, and you get three more months for free. And of course. All Nature B comes with a complete money back guarantee. Toll free eight six six eight three four eight three five five or online at natureb. That's nature b e e dot com. Mike,
2: most people who buy Nature B actually buy Nature B again, isn't that right?
3: Over ninety percent of everybody worldwide for the last fifteen years reorders their Nature B. That's proof in itself.
2: Yeah, you know it really is. Um, be feel alive, feel just like me with Nature B. Call eight six six eight three four eight three five five. Write it down. naturebee.com. All right, so our
0: number here is 1-855-450-FREE. You may dial in. Tell us how you feel, if you'd like, about the Super Congress, because it doesn't sound very good to me. I mean, is there anybody out there that's just jazzed to hear this news? Is there anybody out there that thinks that well, this is great for America? We really need to have uh, twelve people from uh, the House of Representatives making decisions for everybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if you thought it was bad before, and it was, if you thought Washington D.C. was just full of uh, corruption and bad news, this is even this is even worse. I mean, it takes it to a new level.
1: It just goes to show you, though, that some of the corrupt insiders there uh, are starting to get overrun by the the newer. Congressmen from both parties that are trying to reform things, and they're trying to prevent that because they can see that there's a lot of momentum behind the Tea Party and behind libertarianism in this country, and and so it's a pretty desperate move, I would say. Yeah, I, I think the Tea Party is kind of like uh,
2: Republicans in libertarian clothing, um, sadly. But some some are, yeah. Y- 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 the ones that got elected are um, a lot know, of them. Rand, yeah. Rand Paul is probably a little little better than than most of them, but uh, most of them really, you know, not 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 great. Uh, representations, but that doesn't change the fact that they're there shaking up the status quo whether they're you know whether they're my favorite people or not they're sh- shaking up the status quo, and that's what makes Washington insiders very upset.
0: So it really just is right in line, though, with what's been happening over the last decade. If you look at the power that's been aggregated to the executive uh, branch, specifically to the president, of course, the president for more than the last decade has been doing uh, things like executive orders, just writing executive order after executive order. And, of course, a lot of that has almost almost feels like lawmaking ability uh, to it, and uh, then you know you combine that with what happened during the Bush administration where the again they aggregated more uh, more power of course you know rendition they can send people into Guantanamo the president you know, presidents can just start wars without permission of uh, of Congress. I mean, it's just they, they, that this that combined with this new super Congress really just completely has changed the political face of the way this country's uh, politics and system is is organized.
1: And they don't take new powers unless they plan to use them.
0: No doubt. One eight five five four five zero free is the number here and. Joel Weinberger seems to get it over at the Huffington Post where he writes up on this Super Congress or Star Chamber. He says, here's where we are now. A committee grandiosely labeled Super Congress will essentially decide whether and how much we'll cut and whether and how much we'll tax. They must trim $1.5 trillion and there will be six of these supermen and superwomen. Half will be Republicans and half will be Democrats. Half will be senators and half will be congressmen and women. Ah, See, I, I didn't realize that. I didn't realize it was like a mix of the
2: the House and the Senate. Yes, mm-hmm. it's a it's a super committee. Got super it. insiders.
0: They will be chosen by the leadership in both houses. The Republican senators will be chosen by whoever they fill in those those names there. Uh, the recommendations of this committee can either be accepted or rejected, and if they are rejected, then they'll be an across-the-board budget cut that no one can stop. This committee is to make its recommendations in November, and the vote is to come in right before Christmas so as to maximize holiday cheer and good fellowship. <laughs> now, again, it does sound as though they have the intention of disbanding this thing, but I think we all know that when a government starts something— Nothing, and nothing says
2: eternity like a government program.
0: Right, that uh, it never stops. So, of course, they're going to move forward with this, and then once they disband it, they'll come back and they'll say, well, this was so useful— that we just need to get, bring it back every single year.
2: Right. That the people didn't rise up with pitchforks and torches when we put this up the first time. Let's do it again. So
0: 855-450-FREE uh, is the number here. And he goes on to talk about how you know he sees that this is changing the entire face of what he believed was a representative government. And anybody that's paid attention knows that this isn't representation. It's impossible to have real representation because the idea that one man or two men or women or people from your area could somehow accurately represent the desires of more than one person besides themselves is – Really just pretty ludicrous. I mean, even in this room, we have differing opinions on issues. So the idea that you could have – that Wayne, for instance, could accurately represent Mark or myself, and in addition, Wayne himself, is just – it's just absurd on its face. But – to really whittle it down from hundreds of representatives making decisions to a dozen of these people really just shows the absurdity for, for what it is, I think. To anybody who hasn't been paying attention, this should be pretty crystal clear at, th- at this point.
1: It's also a possible sign that austerity is coming to this country, like over in Europe and some of the other countries. What does that mean? Austerity is is what happens when a country gets into a lot of debt and the lenders say, well, we want our money and we want our interest. So what often happens is and this happened in Latin America in the 90s as well, is that they raise taxes and they cut all the whatever government services are are left. They cut them. And and so they they know the Republicans are also very opposed to tax increases, but they know that, that the budget is so messed up that they want to increase everybody's taxes. They're going to say it's taxing the rich, but the middle class is going to get hammered. Mark my words. Eight five, five, don't pay taxes. Four exactly. five
0: zero free. That's 450 free. There's more coming up here, including another lemonade stand crackdown, and of course your thoughts about whatever you want. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Bring up what you want. The toll free number is 1 855 450 free. That's 855 450 free. And joining you this evening, it's Ian.
1: And Wayne.
0: And Mark. We invite you to our website at freetalklive.com. You can enjoy the features there free. We've got news updates. You can get signed up. We'll keep you in the loop via email or Twitter or Facebook, whichever way you prefer. And they're all free, of course. news.freetalklive.com.
2: Ruger's new SR40C is the compact version of the recoil-reducing striker-fired SR40 pistol, one of the slimmest and most ergonomic full-sized 40-caliber pistols on the market today. The SR40C is based on the same high-performance glass-filled nylon frame as those used in so many of the, the great Ruger pistols, offering the same features, including a slim frame, short trigger reach, reversible backstrap, ambidextrous controls. The SR40C features a uh, Throw-hardened stainless steel slide or or ally steel slide with a nitrodox pro black finish. See it at Ruger.com and purchase it at your local gun dealer. Ruger.com.
0: Got an email here, and we'll get to the lemonade story here in a little bit, uh, from Jason. He writes us about a beach situation. We talked, uh, I think it was probably a week ago at least, uh, about this situation out in California. San, apparently I was mispronouncing it before, San Anofre. Mm-hmm where nudity's been around for a long time until just recently when it has now been outlawed. It has uh, been outlawed from a particular section of that beach, and the nudists there uh, are pretty upset about it. And so Jason, I guess, uh, well, is very familiar with the area. He says, I'm a little behind on my podcast, but I just listened to most of the 27th, during which you discussed the banning of nudity at San San Onofre State Park.
1: You know, Ian, angry naked people are very dangerous, too. You never know what they might be
0: concealing. That's right. And the neighboring Camp Pendleton base, just in case you haven't subsequently heard from other callers, I wanted to add some clarity from a first-hand native Southern Californian. As you clearly did not have a good grasp of the tactical situation there, and I kept cringing as you mispronounced San San Onofre. But anyhow, oh, God, like, it's, like,
2: you know, how in the world can uh, talk show hosts be expected to uh, pronounce these every word of every town of every place around? I mean, it's just uh, c- come on. I mean, you know, would I cringe if they were mispronouncing someplace? What well, you didn't say Samoset properly. You didn't yeah. say Concord, New Hampshire. Concord.
0: Nudity has been generally accepted in that area for more than decades, for generations. My father, who's 64, regularly commuted to that area on the weekends in his teenage years to surf, and it was known then as a nude area. It is one of the most well known surf destinations of Southern California, and most people from the area have general knowledge that a certain area of that beach, once you come around a certain point, don't be surprised to see the odd nudist. But this is not to say that it was littered with nudity. I visited there quite a bit when I was younger. It's a beautiful stretch of coastline. And the most I might see was one guy and another couple 50 yards further along who were sunbathing nude. It was easy to simply look the other way. And that's what most people did.
2: This to- is, this is pretty much how, how it's gone on most of the beaches, topless beaches, nude, uh, you know, beaches that allow some level of nudity that I've been, um, been to and seen is mostly it doesn't happen. It's allowed. It's just mm-hmm. mostly doesn't happen.
0: Tourists who are unfamiliar with the area were unlikely to come across the beach itself. Furthermore, take a look at Camp Pendleton on Google Maps. It is huge, and it is not full of military installations. I believe it's the most important and major military installation of the southwest United States, but don't quote me on that. They use it primarily for training and staging the shipping of troops to other countries because it's primarily deserted park space with low-lying scrubby shrubs and the characteristic rolling sandy hills of that area. As far as I know, the beach area is used by the military rarely. They practice in the inland area, and it's about as isolated as you can get in the megalopolis that's becoming L.A. to San Diego. And he's commenting on this Camp Pendleton story because, or this part of the story, because what happened was California banned the nudists from, or nudity from, San Onofre, and so the nudists have been going on to the military section of the beach in an attempt to kind of run around the the regulations, get around the bans. So as a result, people have been calling out the military police uh, to eject these people from their plot of land. Even though, again, as he points out, the military's not using that beach.
2: And it's not bothering anyone.
0: Yeah, exactly. So that's why he's commenting on that. Uh, Let's see here. He says, it's not near any public restaurants, boardwalks, or tourist attractions. We're talking almost wilderness You'll see on the map, if you look at Google Maps, most people whiz through this area going 75 miles an hour on Interstate 5. They can't even see the beach. There are very few places to stop and park on this coastline because of Camp Pendleton. The only people I can imagine complaining about this and trying to reverse the accepted nudity are public officials. I simply cannot imagine that many locals complain actively about this. It's long-standing public knowledge and is too remote from any major housing areas for it to be frequented by your average, uh, your average Southern Californian prude walking their foofy dogs in their Prada sandals or whatever. Your typical Orange County Valley girls. People accessing this beach are usually passionate surfers or outdoorsy folks who like to ha- uh, to hike and camp on the beach. Exactly the sort of people who couldn't give a rat's ass if they saw some withered junk on an old hippie or the saggy breasts of a sun-bleached 50-year-old. The fact that public officials are spying on these people in such a remote area is mind-boggling to me because the original story uh, said that the nudists reported that Essentially, park rangers are looking, lurking in the bushes yeah. and hiding in the trees. Literally, to try to get pictures of <laughs> them being
2: naked. <laughs> you, you, you say according to what they say, <laughs> this is exactly what was being reported: is that they in fact were in trees with binoculars.
0: What a huge waste of money! He says. It's creepy. not like they have a military building right there they can stroll out of. Rangers, officers, officials, whoever are getting up in the morning, preparing for a day of lying in the hot, unforgiving sun, and then basically bushwhacking through the Pendleton base to spy on naked people. Insane. Also, they just get so paid you know, for that. They get paid. Right they
2: do your money sweet
0: they get a sweet sweet government paycheck and benefits and pensions well as long as the pension funds last and
1: that's not working out too well I'd like to see that job description <laughs> also
0: just so you know no one can own beaches in this country mark said something like i don't know what it takes to buy a beach all beaches are public property
2: it depends on how you define beach um, as i understand it it's the high water mark or something like that um, i mean but you could own the piece of land up to which the water goes i see so, I mean, yes, you can own beaches, but if you wanted to walk in the water, you know, where your toes are just covered with water, you're allowed to do that.
0: He claims that private property begins where plants begin to grow and the sand ends. That's Fine. not my understanding, but maybe it's different out in California. I, you know, I, or is that a
2: federal thing? I would, I would imagine it's a federal thing, but um, you know, I, I couldn't tell you precisely where it is. It's my understanding that if you're walking with the, your toes covered in water, you're, you're fine. And remember, I've done my fair share of fishing out in uh, the Sarasota Bay. Mm-hmm.
0: He says the best that a private owner could hope for is a beach that's inaccessible from land except through their own private property. And even then, it's still not illegal to approach those beaches from the sea itself. He says, anyhow, I couldn't believe my ears on this story. Keep up the good work. From Jason, so a little bit of an inside scoop there on what it was that we were talking about with this San Onofre uh, beach, which is fairly remote uh, in the beginning, and so it's not like there are a bunch of kids running around out there seeing all the naked people. And as he describes it, there really weren't that very many naked people out there at any given point in time, anyway. So what's
2: the big deal? Well, one of the claims is is uh, you know from the other side was there's humping going on in the woods someplace. Oh my goodness. Mm. Well, can't have that happening. I'm just, I'm just saying. Let's, let's, let's characterize it if that's what it is. Let's characterize it as what it is, not what somebody it's somebody
0: wants to hump in the woods. Who
2: cares? There are lots of woods where lots of people have
0: humped. I'm sure. What is the big deal about people and their opinions on sexuality? One eight five five four five zero free.
1: I think it's it, it, all these things. I think are just to show everybody who's boss. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really just a punking exercise, if you ask me.
0: Well, they certainly are uh, doing a good job of showing everybody who's boss, especially little girls running lemonade stands like in Coralville, Iowa. And by the way, I actually went to a lemonade stand today. I have not gone to a lemonade stand in a, in a long time. I haven't really had much of an opportunity. How was it? It was good. The lemonade was very good. It was 50 cents, and it actually came with a garnish, which I was really pleased with. A it little had lemon a garnish? Strawberry. Oh. It was hmm. a strawberry kind of pushed onto the top uh, part of the cup. Wow. Oh.
2: Yeah. Quite so, a fancy
0: lemonade stand. And as my understanding that lemonade stand was allowed to operate unmolested by police interference. But not so in Coralville, Iowa. We will give you the story out of that location. It seems like there's at least one a week of these things.
2: It just doesn't stop.
0: 855-450-FREE. This is Free Talk Live. You know the U.S. dollar is devaluing. You can see it happening every day. You know a new currency will take over at some point. Wouldn't you like to be in on the ground floor? Bitcoins. They're a decentralized, anonymous internet currency. They're free to use, free to accept, and free from inflation forever. You can use them anywhere in the world, and their value seems only to be increasing. Find out more at weusecoins.org. Don't be kicking yourself in the pants in a month. Your dollars are going down. Bitcoins are going up. Weusecoins.org. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Dial in toll-free 1-855-450-FREE. 855-450-FREE. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Wayne. And Mark. And we invite you to our website, freetalklive.com. You can enjoy the features that we give to you there. And they are, of course, completely free. And they include the Shrine of Female listeners, the dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send in their validated photo or video showing that they're listeners of this program. Shrine.freetalklive.com will get you there.
2: Are the rich getting richer and the poor getting poorer? No. That's what Stephen Horowitz says at uh, learnliberty.org slash FTL. Go there and see the video. It's a slick little presentation. It's about three minutes and 20 seconds long. And you'll see how the rich are getting richer and the poor are too. You'll find out what income mobility is. You can go see it all at learn dot org slash FTL. When you're there, check out the Learn Liberty Academy link. It's on the right hand side. It's a course for people who want free online continuing education in economics. Yeah,
0: and I- you don't like reading those pesky books.
2: Which books are you reading? To?
0: It's a course for people that oh, don't I like see. reading those pesky books. It's I great see. information. I feel a little smarter after I watch every single one of those videos.
2: I, uh, you know, the fact is, I've, uh, I, I'm taking this uh, the same course, and that's the reason I'm pushing it because I think it's pretty awesome. Um, you can, uh, you know, you go through it and 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 you you know, you get little achievement le- levels and stuff like that. It's neat. There's questions to be asked about each of the videos.
0: Yeah, it's nice because you get brilliant academic types explaining things in easy to understand manners. You don't have to pour through some tome of academia to try to figure this stuff out.
2: People pay $1,000 a credit hour for this stuff. You can get it for free at learnliberty.org slash FTL.
0: All right, so uh, 1-855-450-FREE is the number here. Yet another attack on a lemonade stand. It has happened again, this time in Coralville, Iowa. Police in Coralville Coralville? shut down at least three lemonade stands run by children over the weekend... Over whatever RAGBRAI weekend is, R-A-G-B-R-A-I. Can somebody check on that for me? RAGBRAI, R-A-G-B-R-A-I. According to KCRG-TV, Dustin Krutzinger said police shut down his four-year-old daughter's lemonade stand after just 30 minutes. Now that's fast response time. I mean, sometimes you can barely get the police out to a rape scene uh, in 30 minutes. But boy, you set up a lemonade stand and they are there lickety-split. According to Krutzinger, the officer told his wife, this isn't the first time I've had to do this. Krutzinger said his daughter was selling lemonade for 25 cents a glass. You see, she was being too competitive. That's what it is. She's selling the lemonade too cheap. The other lemonade stands were complaining because uh, she was undercutting their their rates. (laughs) I don't know what. It was probably some grumpy old lady down the street or old uh, old guy uh, down the street calling the police. I think it's a bicycle event. How else would, like a, like a motorbike or no, a bicycle?
2: That's why I call it a bicycle. Right, right, okay. See, motorbikes have motors on them. Yeah, yeah. Well, sometimes
0: bicycles have motors on them. But yes, I see where you're coming. We this.
2: call bicycles bicycles and motorbikes you motorbikes. You are correct about that.
0: She had made less than $5. I know it doesn't make as
2: much sense. I mean, you would think when you think of an event, you think of uh, you know, Harley-Davidson and stuff like that.
0: According to the city of Coralville, four-year-old Abigail Krutzinger was in violation of a two-day ordinance, which required all vendors to have permits when Ragbri rolled into town. Josh Schamberger, president of the Iowa City Corville Convention and Visitors Bureau, said the ordinance was passed to protect the riders from possible health risks. Oh, see, they're looking out for you because, you know, these little kids with their lemonade stand, clearly, you know, there's big time risks involved with
2: uh, getting lemonade from a small child on the side of the
0: but they road. They could
1: be using artificial sweeteners Ian
2: <laughs> RAGBRAI is the Register's Annual Great Bicycle Race Across Iowa. Aha, uh-huh. gotcha. Is this in Ohio? Uh, no,pe this is Iowa. Iowa, okay, well, Iowa. that makes sense that it's in uh, 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 Iowa. Because this is Coralville, Iowa. I see. I thought
0: Coral—I got it confused with Ohio. Josh Schamberger says that he fears that the work of 500 volunteers may be forgotten, and that lemonade stand shutdowns will be remembered. Similar ordinances have been adopted in other host towns for years. He says this is this is common. We've had these regulations for a long time, and now these little brats want to come out here and enterprise off of these bicyclists? They think they can just come out here. And, Opportunists. Right. They little th- carrion birds. They think they can just come out here and set up their own little entrepreneurial business without begging permission first. We need to send the health department out. We've got to have an inspection process here involved. How the hell do you inspect Lemonade. <laughs> what, do they expect anybody to believe that
2: they would actually be keeping you safe from something by right. giving these girls a permit? That's right. That, that's the really ludicrous part of this, that somehow there's a difference between Lemonade at a stand that is permitted and lemonade at a stand that is not permitted. As if the the, the local health inspector comes out with a little eyedropper, sucks up some lemonade, drops it in a test tube, and tests it for anything. I mean, please, who is this flaming stupid to believe that these permits do anything?
1: Permits raise a lot of money. That's what they do. That's all it is.
2: That's all it is. It's all about the money and the orderliness. So you can't be on this section of uh, sidewalk here, little Missy. You must move over to there, to that section of sidewalk. Mm-hmm. Following orders. So continuing the story here, he says he understands why the
0: city drew the line, but thinks they took it too far. This is the dad that's uh, that's saying this. Dad says, if the line is drawn to the point where a four-year-old eight blocks away can't sell a couple glasses of lemonade for 25 cents, then I think the line has been drawn at the wrong spot. So it doesn't even I'd sound like she Dad. was operating near the bicycle event. She's, he's saying she was eight blocks away from it. <laughs> Josh Schamberger is the president of the Visitors Bureau, and he told KCRG that the two-day ordinance, oh, they've repeated themselves here in this, uh, this piece, that uh, that was protecting the riders from the health risks. And the city administrator claims the city was trying to regulate hundreds of vendors in order to stay in step with the county health department. So it's all about you. They're doing it for your own good. Don't you people understand we're just here trying to protect you? Isn't this what you told us to do? You hired us to protect you isn't this what you want from government well, to protect you from the itinerant vendors and their their horrible elephant ears and lemonade you, this and- is,
2: but this is all the government can do Ian I mean I I'm with you on this what I believe uh, thoroughly that the kids should be able to sell lemonade um, you know on on the side of the street I think that that's a good thing for them but frankly the government really doesn't have any choice in this arena if they're if they let the if they let the seven year-olds do it then the 12 year olds are going to want to do it if the 12 year olds want to do it then the 22 year olds are going to want to do it if the 22 year olds can do it then you have a, li- a sidewalk that's covered in vendors selling uh, you know everything from uh you know deep fried bananas to uh banana- <laughs> to, to elephant ears and and, and everything in between
1: it'll forb- be anarchy and god forbid the old ladies with the old tattoos on their arms selling stuff there you go yuck one
0: 450 free Has anyone ever called to defend the police cracking down on lemonade stands? I'm just wondering. Has <laughs> I, that ever happened? I don't think so. My memory can get a little fuzzy. We do a lot of shows. It all kind of runs together uh, for me. But yeah, I don't recall ever hearing anybody say, you guys, need to. we need to have this regulation. There's dangerous girls out there.
1: They might just pee in the lemonade this little girl was only born four years ago what does she know about selling lemonade
0: (laughs) (laughs) we need to leave the lemonade sales to our permanent vendors like myself who've paid hundreds of dollars for the privilege of being able to operate near this event we can't just be having little girls setting up their stands to compete with our five dollar lemonade you need to be paying the permit prices now of course if i didn't have to pay the permit price i could sell the lemonade for a dollar or 50 cents but some of, these, uh, some of these permits can be very prohibitively expensive. I mean, as we've been reading these stories over the years and, and looking at all the different details, because each community, their rules vary slightly. The permit prices are different and the, that sort of thing. But there have been some cases where it's like 100 bucks a day to operate one of these itinerant vendor uh, permits. How many damn cups of lemonade do you have to sell to be able to get to that point of $100? A lot of them. Yeah. That's significant. I mean, you're, you're slaving away. You're not just setting up the lemonade stand for three hours during an event. You're slaving away out there all day long slinging lemonade just for the hopes of being able to make five or ten bucks above what the, uh, the cost
2: of the booth is if, to the government. It's crazy. A lot of that lemonade is very expensive that they sell at these events, and, and part of that reason is the permit.
0: 855 450 free. And I, do people realize that? Do they realize that all the taxes? Well, let's tax the businesses. Do they realize that taxing the businesses results in higher prices for you? Because that's what's going to happen in our very own Keene, New Hampshire, where they just recently jacked up the uh, property tax rates for uh, just about every commercial property in town. That's going to result in the you know the, the sandwiches at Panera Bread going up by a dollar or something like that.
2: Also, it uh, results in fewer jobs. I mean, we saw what happened with the uh, with with the uh, luxury jet and luxury boat tax that mm-hmm. went on during the Clinton administration. Yep. Well, they didn't stop producing luxury. Uh, jets or, or boats and they didn't stop selling them they just stopped producing and selling them in the united states that's of america right. that's right and they See, finally
1: canceled that law
2: it's it's a formula not for raising revenue to take care of poor people or anything like that it's a formula for making more poor people
0: one 855 free is the number here tonight coming up more about food. It's not just lemonade where they're picking on people. It's also raw food and I think Mark you've got that story for us coming up here. There's there's been a raid, a raw food raid. That's right. Another one. That's the world we live in. Hour number 2 is coming up 855-450-free. You take control. It's Free Talk Live.
3: Another innovative American-made product from Ruger. Learn more about the Ruger LC9 at Ruger.com LC9.
0: This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into the second hour of the program. The toll-free number for you, it's brand new. 1-855-450-FREE. That's 1-855-450-3733. And joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Wayne. And Mark. 1-855-450-FREE. You can call about anything. Coming up, Mark, you're going to tell us about... A crackdown on people selling raw food. But first, we've got Joe on the line listening in California. Joe, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Joe? Do I have Joe? Joe going once? Can you hear me? There you are. Go ahead, Joe.
5: Yeah, I was uh, just curious about uh, no longer paying the extortion uh, to our over- overlords. Um, and I've heard you guys talk about it several times. and. Hmm. Something that comes up is my wife has been with her job for many years, and so I don't want a red flag to come up when she starts claiming exempt. And so I was just curious if you guys had any experience with this. And, of course, I'll listen to future callers, see if, they, if it comes up as far as not getting, like, audited just for— You
0: talking about? Are the, you talking about how to stop paying federal income tax at a, a corporate job?
5: Extortion, yeah.
0: Right. Well, I mean, some people don't have corporate jobs. They might, you know, be their own business owner, in which case it's a lot easier to just stop paying. But so you're you're yeah. asking about how does somebody who works at a corporate job get the corporation to stop, stop withholding?
2: Exactly. Well, uh, as far as I know, the only way to go about doing that is to, you know, essentially file exempt or whatever. And um, – You know, hope for the best. I I have had friends that have done that, but they didn't do it long enough ago that I'm comfortable in saying, hey, it was no big deal. Well, how does how long ago have your friends done this? Um, Let's see. One of them was about five years ago.
0: Five years. So that person has been working at the same job. uh, I don't have
2: information on him up to this point. I I I do know he's not in jail. Well, that's a good thing. So I don't. I don't think he's changed the, the his status, but it, he could have.
0: I don't see this as being an easy road. I mean, for anybody, obviously, it's a risky road. Any old any old way you slice it, whether you're working at a corporate job or not, it's still going to be risky because even people without corporate jobs still have things like bank accounts and and other uh, items that might be being reported to the IRS. So, if they are filing exempt, that means they're still the you know, the IRS still has some sort of paperwork uh, that's that's come in for them. And so they're going to know they exist, and there is the chance that at some point they're going to come into the corporation and say, "Well, we've determined that this person uh, needs to be paying taxes, and that they owe this X amount of money, and that at that point the corporation, being an obedient little thing like they are, because a
2: government created entity, uh,
0: they will go ahead and they will start uh, essentially levying that person's paychecks and taking out whatever arbitrary amount the IRS decides is uh, is okay." So this is, you know, it's interesting to me to find. Out, and I would love to hear other people's stories. Is there somebody out there that can claim that they've been, for instance, working at a corporate job, being labeled as exempt, and for 10 years the IRS has done nothing? That, that you've I'd be interested all in of anybody your who files
2: – what is it called a W-4? What is that, that thing that uh, people f- yeah, fill out when W-4. they get jobs? Mm-hmm. W-4. I'd be interested in anybody because um, I I work for myself. I don't file one of these pieces of paper with the government to tell them I wouldn't even know what my paycheck is going to be. Mm-hmm. I, I make money off of selling ads for this radio program. So
0: well, I know uh,
5: that uh, if you go like above a certain amount of exemptions, that's an automatic red flag. I think it's like up to nine before they have to automatically report it to, uh, to our overlords as far as uh, like automatic audit type stuff. But it's, and also, I know like a, there's a $10,000, like if you go to a dealership and buy a car and put $10,000 cash, that's an also uh, uh, just about an automatic audit type thing.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's but, called a, yeah. a cash transaction report, where if it's over 10000 grand in a cash transaction, a bank, for instance, will have to fill out a CTR. Is that true for a, buying a vehicle, though? That was news to yeah. me. I've never yeah, heard is. that one
1: before. I, I've heard that. Well, I, I think one
2: would need
0: to I check cars. that. It wouldn't surprise me, though. Yeah, well, no, I guess I a lot of drug of d- drug dealers are way. buying cars for cash. Sorry, go ahead, Joe.
5: Yeah, that's how a friend of mine actually got caught. Was he hadn't paid taxes in like seven years? He, he worked on and off, and was uh, uh, had. Claimed exempt the whole time, and then uh, he bought a Camaro outright. And then uh, that you know, next thing he knew, he was getting audited and owed like thirty thousand dollars or some insane amount.
2: You know, uh, I, I would say that if you're probably in that case, you'd be buying used from an individual rather than going to through a dealer. Hopefully.
5: Oh yeah, of course. Well, now that you know, now that I know, yeah, of course.
2: Yeah, that's a, a, you
0: know, once you know. Now, Joe, you're calling from California, and you're calling regarding your wife, uh, perhaps opting out. What yeah, about you?
5: I, I myself, I'm a, I'm a agorist as it is. I, I work on cars out of my garage. I'm the ASC certified technician. Oh wow, shade tree mechanic. I, I've several, shade
2: tree
0: ASC certified no, I, Sweet. mechanic.
5: ASC certified. That's kind of an insult. <laughs> so, Wait. Well, going to be a shade tree, but yeah.
0: Well, I thought, I thought a shade tree mechanic is somebody that works outside the system. Is that not accurate?
5: Um, well, no. If you're in a shop, you know, I've worked in several shops. If you're in a shop and the car comes in and it's all monkey wrench. You're like, oh, yeah, they must have some shade tree me- mechanic. I see.
2: On I must have had the, uh, the wrong it's, definition. It's got, it has dual I, – I would imagine that it has dual definitions. I mean, a shade tree mechanic would be a person who works outside of, outside of a sort of establishment at the same time. I imagine a lot of them can make some errors, especially on new vehicles.
0: No doubt about it. So, basically, you're saying that you haven't paid uh, taxes in a fairly long period of time? Oh, I've
5: been... Well, I've worked at several, you know, tax-paying shops, especially before my awakening to freedom. In Mm. fact, I named my daughter Liberty that I just had, but... uh, Very nice. But, uh, yeah, I'd I'd paid taxes before, and, you know, I do side jobs here and there, but, you know, since my last job, when I quit and told, because I was actually working for... Of the city out here. And I, you know, when I found out what was going on, I'm like, I told my boss and he was very sympathetic. We got along together and, you know, he's, was, he's was like, he was sounded like fiscally conservative. And I told him, I said, I can't work here anymore. This job is funded by theft. And the look on a state, you know, it, it, it's not like a confrontational thing. Me and him were pretty close and we still talk, but you know, the the, the he, I got this funny look and then, and then when I, explained it to him all the way down to you know you getting shot in your house because you're trying to defend yourself you know the light bulb goes off and and so but yeah i always like to tell that story that i told my boss i had to quit because my job was funded by theft
0: so here's one more question i have for you if you're in california is there not a state income tax in california oh yes there is so how does that complicate this matter
5: um just another audit, I guess we'd have to try and dodge. Is there a separate yeah,
0: have... form? Like, you know, you've got the the IRS W four form with all these exemptions. Is there another form like that for California?
5: Um, I don't know. When you go in and you get a job, they just drop like three or four pieces of paper and you to fill them out. I think they use the same W four though, I'm not sure.
0: This is one of the problems I can foresee for you is the idea that The federal government is pretty busy, you know, they've got a lot of things on their plate as far as going after tax, uh, people that don't pay taxes and such. And plus, they
2: can print money. They can print money, and so they're not as concerned.
0: Right, whereas the California state government is pretty much in hot water financially, and they're going to want as much money as they can possibly squeeze out of people, they're going to have a higher incentive to uh, go after the so-called tax scoff laws in these cases. So if... I were you, I'd get the hell out of California and, you know, move somewhere where there's no state income tax before trying this little experiment or, you know, or try it and then make the plans to leave as soon as possible. That way you can save a few extra hundred dollars from your paychecks while you're waiting to leave. Uh, But it would seem to be extra risky to do it in a place like that, where you've got a state income tax and extra, extra, basically you've got an extra set of tax bureaucrats that could decide to take an interest in your wife. And I think that's... That's a pretty intimidating scenario.
5: Yeah, we've uh, been saving uh, gold and silver. I, with current prices, I got about $9,000 in gold and silver saved up. And then as soon as I could afford to buy something outright, we're going to move up to New Hampshire and get the hell out of this. I mean,
0: Fantastic. Well, I don't know if I'd wait until I could afford to buy something outright. Uh, if, if you can get a down payment and get, get something going, that, that might make you know that might work for you because for instance uh there are there's a fair amount of demand up here for incoming movers to have a place to land and somewhere to get get their feet wet and get started uh so it's not hard to get a place rented out for instance there's a there's a couple that has bought a couple of places up here in Keene, for instance and they've had no trouble at all uh filling them up with uh, liberty-minded activists as as tenants uh for their for their location and he's you're renting there more.
1: anyway what's that he's renting there anyway in, Who's in california renting where?
0: oh right right yeah. gotcha hey thanks for the call tonight good luck man i appreciate hearing from you uh one 450 free that's 855-450-FREE if i were in california i'd want to get out as soon as possible so more coming up here it's free talk live we'll also tell you about the free state project and what that's uh, all about here in moments
2: bitcoins you can buy them and you can sell them they're a great little commodity you can accept them for your own products and services but what do you do once you have them why you spend them of course spendbitcoins.com allows you to spend them all in one place from spendbitcoins.com you can spend your bitcoins at major online retailers such as amazon fishpond barnes and noble memory dealers and more when you want to spend bitcoins go to spendbitcoins.com
0: This is Free Talk Live. Bring up what you want. Be the toll-free number 1-855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-F-R-E-E 3733. And you can join us on our website of course as well at freetalklive.com. You can get interactive over on the wiki where there are over 2000 pages and they've all been created by listeners like you. You can go and edit virtually anything you see there. W-I-K-I wiki.freetalklive.com.
2: Are you a cigarette smoker? I was, too, for many years. And you know, of course, that at some point they're going to kill you. There's a healthier option. 22,000 times healthier. Vaporsmiths.com. A a pack-a-day smoker will save about $120 a month right off the bat. And it tastes better. No more ashtray mouth. No smell. No secondhand smoke. You can use it just about anywhere. No more stepping outside into the snow to smoke. Free shipping on orders over sixty bucks and a free starter kit with the purchase of forty cartomizers. Since the forty cartomizers are about sixty-nine dollars, you'll get free shipping. This is the best deal running on one of the best made vaporizers that you can buy. It's Vaporsmiths.com. You can use coupon code FTL to g to take advantage of all the deals. You can call 855-2 Get Vapor. Go to Vaporsmiths.com, 855-2-GET-VAPOR, Vaporsmiths.com.
0: All right. Our number here is 855-450-FREE. You may call in about absolutely anything. Uh, That is the point of this program. And we were talking a moment ago about the income tax with a gentleman who – Was wondering about well how how do I get around this? I mean how do we? My wife, you know, we're tired of paying uh, to this criminal gang. They're using this money to go and kill people, innocent people. They're using the money to steal more money from other people, buy more weapons. It's just it's completely morally objectionable anybody that understands what the government is, as soon as, you, as soon as you come to the conclusion about what government really is, and that is a group of men and women uh, forcing their way on people by the threat of violence, a violent monopoly, if you will, as soon as you come to that conclusion, it, it becomes much more difficult to start, you know, to continue doing as you've done. It becomes much more difficult to go along with their demands. It c- becomes much more difficult to pay their extractions. And I don't blame anybody for wanting to throw up their hands in frustration and say, the hell with this. I'm done with this. I I just can't bring myself to pay it anymore. And in the case of the federal government, I would say smart move. It's a way for you to uh, to aggregate more money from every single paycheck. And the problem is eventually they might figure it out, especially if you're at a corporate job, and then they'll use the corporation to leverage against you and possibly take more money down the road. But if you're planning on leaving your corporate job, then so what? Go ahead. Why not? What's, there's always going to be a risk, though, right? I mean, it, please don't, don't, don't make it. I don't want to make it sound like I'm not saying this is a completely risk-free endeavor. The government
2: endeavor. believes that your money is theirs. The government believes that they own you, lock, stock, and barrel. And you know, if you look at what government is, it is this entity that has evolved from king serf relationships. Why in the world would they not think they own you? The king certainly believed they owned the serf. You could believe the government own, believes they own you. Well, and, and now, until, They don't tell you how you have to work and they don't tell you if you have to work, but they do tell you if you do work, they demand a good portion of your money. Somewhere around half of the money that you make, some government entity, whether it's in fees or taxes, state, federal, local, municipal, whatever it is, they want your money. Until you stop acting like you're a serf, they're going to keep treating you
0: like you're a serf. Sure. Yeah. Why? Why would the master set people free? Right. So uh so again this is something worth uh, worth looking at and it's certainly something I'm still interested in learning more about. I don't know about this this world of not paying taxes when you work for a corporate job. I've never when I was working for the corporate world, I hadn't gotten the gumption to do something like that at that point in my life. And so I'm very interested as uh, as was our last caller in finding out your story. So if you are somebody who's gone through this, if you are somebody who has experience with not paying and working at a corporate job, that I'm very interested. And also if maybe if you're somebody who lives in a state where they have a state income tax and you've successfully not paid income tax at the state level, that's also interesting to me, especially considering that I consider that to be a much more risky uh, endeavor than going at the federal level.
1: Well, they're closer. Exactly, but your state, and hungrier
0: whatever, for the cash.
1: Yeah, your, usually your state income taxes are based on your federal return. So if you haven't done a federal return, I suppose, uh, then there's nothing to base your state, which you owe really state
0: on. Okay, so there's not a separate – I would expect to be a separate form, though, for the
1: state. It is, but the state tax. form is still based on the numbers you put on your federal form. I see. But there was a high-profile case 10 or 15 years ago of a business – I think it was out in California, actually – where the owner of the business – Decided he wasn't going to withhold from the employees anymore. Do you remember that case? I thought this was in Nevada. Um, was, was this was the
0: golden guy that paid in gold and silver? Or was this somebody no else? somebody okay, else? That's what I was thinking of.
1: There was that guy, but there was somebody else, and he just refused to uh, to continue to withhold. And he right. told all of his employees what it was all about. So he
0: was basically saying, "Look, I'm not your bitch. I'm not going to you know I'm not going to be your unpaid worker here, and essentially and you know help you extract money right. from these. People. Why should
2: why should small business people do accounting work for the government? I mean, unpaid accounting work. That, 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 that is slavery. The 14th Amendment is very clear that there's um, no involuntary servitude. What happened with that guy?
1: Well, they finally raided him and shut him down. There was a high-profile court case on it, and they railroaded him like a lot of them. Even with, with the Browns here in New Hampshire, they were doing the same thing, I believe.
0: Let's go to you and your thoughts. You can bring up anything, and we'll talk to Simon listening in Tennessee. Simon, you're on Free Talk Live.
6: Yes, I'm a truck driver. I'm in Alabama currently. And I just wanted to see
5: how your thoughts were on disability. My father's disabled and my mother-in-law also, me and my wife, speak a lot about this, about, you know, how the free market would handle it. And as far as we're concerned, you know, I guess if the government all of a sudden cut off disability, you know, they eventually would either move them in with us or, you know, find a nursing home or some sort of that way. You know, I was wondering what your take was on that.
2: Are you talking about what would the future be like if, um, you know, we moved towards sort of a a more liberty oriented world and the government didn't take care of uh, situations like disabled people?
5: Yes. And uh, even a bigger subject, I guess, because, you know, people uh, like one solution is if you had a job, you could put into a fund it with your work, you know, in case you got disabled, kind of like long term and short term. Sure. But as Mm -hmm. far as like uh, mentally (laughs) handicapped and uh, how maybe that would work. Uh, you know, because maybe they're born like that. I guess
6: that would go along with the parents in that situation. Well, you've got to well, look to the com- you got to
0: look to the community. I mean, it, back in before you had all these government handout programs, you had things like mutual aid societies, charities, uh, g- people in the community that would come together to help out those that were in well,
2: need. Let, 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 me, let me first address that. <clears throat> excuse me. About twenty five percent of insurance claims are considered to be fraudulent by insurance companies. Uh, they they send out investigators. They find some guy driving a golf cart who claims mm-hmm. to be blind or something like this, and that's twenty five percent. My assumption is that um, when you start looking at fraud inside the government where they don't check nearly as hard, you're probably going to find some number that's higher than 25 percent. Right. Yeah. I don't know if that number is 50 percent. I'm not willing to go that high, but I would be willing to say that there's another percentage of people that sort of, um, you know, might be disabled, but not so disabled that they really couldn't find other work. Remember, there are a lot of people that make money subsistence level money and higher just by working on the internet, doing telephone sales, doing all kinds of different things. There's other work out there. So one would have to ask what the percentage is of people that would really be genuine people that couldn't work. Like you said, mentally handicapped to a severe amount. Maybe they don't have arms and legs.
0: And then the other factor is how much of the money would actually go to them as opposed to the bureaucrats that run the current system Mm -hmm. Uh, in the free marketplace. The people that need help would get the bulk of the funds whereas because of competition of Charities and things like that, whereas with this one-size-fits-all monopoly, uh, we pretty much all get screwed over. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live.
2: Have you ever wished that you could buy, sell, and trade in silver in your community? Dell Valley Silver has a no cost turnkey setup for you. You recruit six to eight businesses in your area to accept Dell Valley Silver rounds as barter currency, and your wish is granted. You get paid and you promote the use of real money. This isn't like so many other silver currency setups where it's really just a system to sell high priced rounds. It's a free market system based on Austrian economics. DellValleySilver.com. DellValleySilver.com.
0: Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want and dial in toll-free. 1-855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-FREE. And joining you this evening, it's Ian. Wayne. Edmark. Inviting you to our website. We've got a lot of features, including archives, so if you've missed a moment of the show, no problem. They're right there easily downloadable right there on the front page of the site, the last week's worth. And then if you click into the archive section, that takes you all the way back to late 2006. All of it is completely free at freetalklive.com. And I mentioned the Free State Project earlier. That's where uh, the gentleman from California was planning on making a move as soon as he could get enough money saved up. And it's always good to have money saved up before you make the move to New Hampshire. It's a, it's a different lifestyle up here. Uh, it's an interesting place to live, and you'll be surrounded by like-minded liberty-oriented people. At least that's the intention, if you're moving for the Free State Project, hundreds have already made the move. The three of us in the studio tonight are included in those hundreds. Wayne, you were here before we were by at least a year and a half, maybe two years. And we moved up here back in 2006. There's new people moving all the time uh, to all areas of the state. Manchester is very popular uh, for a destination because it's the biggest uh, place. Obviously, Concord is the capital, so a lot of people interested in doing political activity might want to consider moving there. Uh, And, of course, we've got our our little Keene here in the southwestern corner of the state in addition to the seacoast, which obviously has its own attractions. So there's a variety of places uh, as far as destinations to, uh, to move. And you can go to freestateproject.org to learn more about this concept. It seems like it's working. I mean, I think the evidence is pretty clear. We've gotten people elected uh, thus far, liberty-minded people elected to the state representative seats in this uh, case. There's actually one guy who's been elected to the state senate thus far. I don't know that he's a freestater, but he's he's darn close. But he sure does hang out with a lot of uh, freestaters. Amazingly
2: spends a lot of time.
0: At uh, one time he was – I think he – I don't know if he still is because there's a lot of them, but he was a Free Talk Live amplifier as well. So it's pretty good to have somebody like that in the uh, the, the seats of control of uh, the state. So from a political perspective, there have been major successes and more will come, certainly as more people move here, in addition to civil disobedience and things like that. As an example, this afternoon, Rich Paul is one of the more notable uh, civil disobedient uh, activists, and I guess he missed a court date or something like that. Yeah, He's been kind of moving around, and so maybe he missed the notice of the Just court date. Just a little date. forgetful. Yeah. And so he was downtown uh, today, and something happened where the police found him, and I guess they've been on the lookout for him because he missed that court date. Of course, when you do that, they put a bench warrant out for your arrest, and so they arrested him on that bench warrant. Now, Rich Paul's known to carry around a firearm with him everywhere he goes. In New Hampshire, In New Hampshire, you can do, you can do that. Right. It's, uh, as long as you're open carrying, you don't need to have a permit. Now, if you're going to concealed carry, then there's a concealed carry permit, and hopefully, we'll get we'll abolish that legislation at some point. But it's all like ten bucks. Uh, but yeah, and it's what they call shall issue. But he doesn't have that uh, concealed uh, carry permit, and he did, you know, he had his gun strapped to him. Cops didn't have a problem with that. They were just you know, they're just arresting him on the bench warrant. They're not hassling him over
2: the gun or anything like that, which says a great deal about police in New Hampshire. I right. Mean, there's so many places in the United States where the cops would freak the crap out and start shooting you if they saw that you had a gun strapped to your leg. Yeah. And so Rich had his
0: backpack with him. He had his gun strapped to him. And and he managed to get a text out to Keen411, which is a little texting system, it's kind of like a party line texting system where anybody can text to it. And then multiple people receive the text. And he told us where he was being arrested and asked for people to come out. And so by the time they were getting him in the police car and closing the door on the police cars when I arrived, uh, a demo was there from CopBlock.org. He'd, he'd arrived before me because he was already downtown. Uh, and it just kind of just come down Main street, and then somebody else arrived just a couple minutes later. so we had three guys with video cameras, all three of us on scene for rich paul 's arrest, literally within minutes of uh, of fast his that, time that text message out and Because we were there, they were able to turn over his possessions to one of us now again, this is another highlight on the difference between the cops around here. And the cops in some other places, like in some other places, if you'd gotten arrested for a bench warrant, they'd have gone through your backpack. They would have uh, they'd have gone through your backpack. They would have searched, you know, searched everything that you had and attempted to, uh, you know, bring you up on extra charges or whatever. Like, you know, they would have tried to find something. Right. In this case, he actually got the cop to agree to not go through his backpack. The cop promised that he would turn over the backpack to whoever came out to take the backpack from from the police, whichever one of Rich's uh, friends or associates came out to take the backpack, and would not search the bag. And so it was great. I mean, they they could have totally done done more to this guy, but they didn't. They didn't, and so I was turned to the bag was Apparently turned Apparently, to, to do
2: the paperwork. God knows what was in that backpack. I took the
0: gun out of the the bag because I didn't want to walk away with a ba- you know bag concealing a gun and then being you know guilty of a concealed carry <laughs> violation. Uh, but nonetheless, you know, I was I basically took possession of Rich's uh, revolver, so now he doesn't have to go through the process of getting it back. Whatever whatever kind of legalistic process that would be, had they actually how did confiscated you carry
2: it. the revolver away? Just
0: in my hands just walking away
2: with the revolver when
0: i just strap it to your leg <laughs> it was uh, it was in a um a holster Thank- uh, hold so. on <laughs>
2: So, is a revolver in a holster you're yeah, carrying around? It's better that's than right. just walking around with a revolver. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, a funny Well, welcome experience. to New
0: Hampshire, man. This is the second time that I've actually carried away somebody's firearm when they were arrested. The first time was uh, was Arco Jesse when he was doing his gardening thing in the, the Central Square. He was bas- basically tilling the land for a community garden, which apparently the police decided they didn't want there because they'd sent one of their agents out to arrest him. Uh, pretty much as soon as he put the hoe in the ground, he was. Uh, He was arrested, but he had carried out a rifle with him and that rifle was just leaning up against the tree. And, you know, I talked to Lieutenant Maxfield in that particular case. I was like, can I take this thing home? And he said, yeah, it's not a problem. So there I was toting a rifle, you know, across the street in downtown Keene, New Hampshire and loaded it up in the back of my car and took it away. So it things are a little bit different here. I guess that's what I'm trying to tell you. And when you've got activists around who are willing to help, uh, they actually, you know, they'll jump at the opportunity to help you. As long as you're worth helping, you're not a jerk or something like that. So go to freestateproject.org to learn more about it. Let's go. Ladies first. Aaron is on the line in Ohio. Aaron, you're on Free Talk Live.
7: Hey, what's going on, guys?
0: Hey. what's? I guess you're not a lady. I apologize. Uh, what's on your mind tonight?
7: That's <laughs> yeah, okay. I want to talk about the uh, Chicago curfew thing you were talking about on a Monday night show. Yes, sir. Well, I was talking about this subject matter with a relative of mine on Facebook, and she kind of agreed with that she was like, "Hooray for Chicago!" I was asked, and and I was wondering why she agreed with it. And she gave me some reasons, and I thought I'd, I'd share with you some of these reasons. I'd I wonder what you guys would think about them.
0: So she's saying yes, the curfew, good news, keep those kids off the streets, pretty much. All right, go ahead.
7: Okay, well, I got three reasons here. Two of them are, are kind of obvious. The third one's a pretty big one, which I think I know what you guys will have to say, but uh, okay, anyway, I'll begin. Uh, the first one was, uh, which is the obvious one, is that kids a kid can be kidnapped easier at night.
2: Kids can be kidnapped. Well, I, couldn't, couldn't anybody be kidnapped more easily at night? Pretty much. I mean, so, you know, we're not talking about tw- nine-year-olds here running around in the street, are we? I mean, this, this curfew is really to keep... 12. What's that?
7: It was, it was kids under 12.
2: Yeah. The, the curfew is for children just under There's the age of
0: 12? There's two curfews. There's one that's uh, more restrictive for kids under the age of 12, and people between 12 and 17, it is a less restrictive curfew. But there are curfews for everybody under the age of 18 in Chicago.
2: Jeez, I, I don't live in a world where 12-year-olds run around by themselves in the old place. Uh, does this mean that you uh, – are people that are out with their parents exempt? I didn't read this story. I mean I just knew that it existed.
0: Uh, no the the news is that if your if your child is outside of the home presumably if they're with parents probably be okay uh, presumably I don't know for sure on that but if they're outside of the home if they are outside of the property so they can be in your front or backyard but if they are outside of that area then they will be um, your parents will be held responsible for that so if your okay. if your child slips out the window at night you'll be held responsible for that anyway yeah. so you got to lock them up so the so the concern is that uh, their kids will be kidnapped. Is that the, is that right?
7: That was the first. That's the first one. That's one of. The, that's the first one.
0: Okay. Yeah. Well, maybe I teach my kids not to talk to strangers, uh, and so therefore they know better than to approach the creepy guy in the van offering them candy or asking to help with <laughs> uh, with the you know lost puppy.
7: Right. Right. Okay. And then um, the. Or maybe my kid's
0: gonna... a black belt. You know, maybe there's that too. Yeah.
7: Yeah, yeah, you're raising a regular Chuck. Maybe you're raising a little Chuck Norris there. Well, um, right. So the idea
0: that all kids must be punished because some kids are going to be in danger or greater danger than others is just not fair. I'll tell you what. Bring it back here in a moment. We'll uh, let you continue with her objections at one eight five five four five zero free. That's eight five five four five zero f r e e. This is Free Talk Live. You may take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever's on your mind.
4: This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Carnation Breakfast
1: Essentials, helping your family get off to a nutritious start every day. Mornings can be chaotic, but a little advanced work will take the pressure off. The night before, organize backpacks and put them at the door, along with anything else that your kids need for the day.
4: Set a timer for five minutes before departure to give everyone a chance to mobilize, and off you go. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday.
1: is
0: free talk live you can bring up anything you want the toll-free number 1-855-450-FREE that's 855-450-3733 and joining you tonight it's ian and wayne and mark so you can join us on our website you enjoy the program you'll want to support free talk live we invite you to do so by shopping with us go over to shop.freetalklive.com you'll find links to amazons from around the world you can pick the amazon that is appropriate to you And get your shopping taken care of. You can order from dozens of categories with thousands upon thousands of items at great prices. Free super saver shipping on a whole lot of their brand new items. Even you can buy used through Amazon. So if you need to save a few extra bucks, you can do that as well. And whatever you buy, Free Talk Live will get a portion of the purchase price. But you have to enter through our link, which you get to by going to shop.freetalklive.com.
2: That's shop.freetalklive.com. Are you looking for... Camping, hunting, or shooting gear? ManVentureOutpost.com carries knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, tactical flashlights, fish finders, and boating equipment. ManVentureOutpost.com, they're family-owned and members in good standing of the Better Business Bureau, and that's so important when you're ordering online. Some prices, in fact, are so low they can't even be mentioned on the air. You can get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. You get it quick, get it from manventureoutpost.com. Don't forget that 5% off with coupon code FTL. That'll, uh, That'll take care of your shipping and handling manventureoutpost.com.
0: Now we're back with Aaron listening in Ohio and Aaron uh, you've been in a conversation with was it your, your wife, your girlfriend? I'm sorry I missed that, that point. It
7: was, it was my aunt.
0: Your aunt, okay. Your aunt uh, is very concerned. She says Chicago's doing right by increasing the curfew on 12 year olds and the, and under uh, they can't be outside of their their property after uh, I think it was 8.30 at night on weeknights and 9 o'clock on weekends so some, sometimes the sun hasn't even gone down uh, at that point at night and she's saying, well, uh, she's got these objections as to why kids shouldn't be allowed to uh, run around and, and have fun outside after a certain point at night, because well, there's uh, you know all these pedophiles lurking around and kidnappers uh, as though there are these guys just driving the streets uh, late at night
2: looking for, uh, for little kids. Well, as if they wouldn't uh, change to 9.30 if that was the time. Mm-hmm. I'm just dis- uh, frankly disturbed by the idea of, this was within the sh- uh, city limits of Chicago. Chicago. You're not talking about kids running around in the, too many of the woods or anything like that. You're we're talking about people running kids running around the street. That's and this is twelve and under, and I've got to say that I, that seems late to me for a twelve year old to be out on the street. I can't imagine why a twelve year old is out unattended at nine thirty at night. Yeah, usually the parents make those rules.
0: Well, Mark, you you never went out after a certain time of night when you were 12? twelve. Not twelve when not I went trick young. or treating. Twelve. Twelve is not that young. I mean that's just one year under teenage.
2: I was working at um yeah, at at that time and you know, I I'd drive my little motor scooter home. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess that was I didn't get the motor scooter until I was uh, fourteen or fifteen. But I would drive my bicycle home um, you know, when I got off work. No, I didn't. Okay. Well,
0: some kids, you know, they're out at night and I don't know what they're doing, but it's not necessarily true that they're up to no good. Who knows what they could be hi- playing hide and seek. Uh, you know, you never know. Again. I doubt <laughs> it.
2: Have you ever seen Lord of doing? the Flies, Ian? I, I am disturbed by this, frankly. You're disturbed by the idea that kids would be out after 830 at night? I'm, I guess some must. I'm just trying to I'm trying to imagine what freedoms are being impinged. Which freedoms that I would consider legitimate and good are being impinged by this rule?
0: Uh, the freedom of motion, the freedom of ability to to go from one point to another there has to, to be to some instance
2: house. somewhere where a 12 year old legitimately would need to be out unattended uh, go get a
0: slurpee at the
2: Seven Eleven. Uh, you know there's all kinds of reasons
0: why you could be out at night as a as a young person and i'm sorry this this scary the world that the pedophiles are just lurking everywhere waiting to snatch up kids as soon as the sun goes down i don't know if there's any real evidence that that's uh you know that that's true it just seems like a really paranoid world what were her other objections
7: Well, the second one was one of the ones that you you kind of mentioned on when you were talking about something isn't that – and it's one of the reasons why they're doing this curfew. One of the reasons is is, uh, to crack down on youth uh, crime, kids committing mischief and stuff like that. Well, that's
0: certainly going to be the reason, um, but uh, that's just—it seems to me to be an excuse to just go after young people in the streets and harass them and demand identification for them, because not everybody is a troublemaker, and it essentially treats everybody like a troublemaker. And you know, some of the negatives of this is are going to be that anybody that wants to be out and having having a little bit of fun on a summer
4: night—they're
0: going to be taught to be afraid of the police. They're going to be taught to hate the police because they're going to ruin the kids that are having fun that aren't destroying things are going to have all their fun broken up and it's because somebody's doing, going to do something bad we have to stop all you kids from having any kind of a good time outside yeah so thanks for the call tonight man i appreciate hearing from you wow. 855-450-FREE is the number here and i get
2: it man and parents are worried about their kids and if that's the case then set your own rules and parents I think normally the, did i i think it's the parents that aren't worried about their kids that people are worried about mm-hmm. right I mean, well, you
0: know, this is an extension. This paranoid world, this viewpoint is an extension of the same people that complained about the woman who sent her son on the subway all by himself in New York City during the daytime. I mean, this is this is the same mentality. If it's okay to ban kids from being off of their property at 8:30 at night or beyond, then it's certainly okay to ban kids from being away from their parents during the daytime. I mean, the city's a dangerous place. There's scary people out there. They might do awful things to your children. They can't Can't handle making decisions on their own. Parents need to be next to them at all times, day or night. I mean, it's only
2: another step, right? I agree with you that uh, that this is an extension of that. I'm trying to figure out the, the sort of legitimate purposes that a 12 year old would be out at 10 p.m. by themselves riding their bicycle through the streets of Chicago getting a Slurpee. I mean, I just, this is absolutely beyond me. I mean, I, as far as I'm concerned, uh, you know, like I don't believe in curfews, but my God, who's breaking this curfew? What what kind of parents? I, please. Somebody enlighten me. I want to know. I, I, know. Okay. If you know.
0: grow up as a kid in a city, cause you and I didn't, Mark. No, kinda...
2: I grew, up, you know, I frankly, I was indoors as best as I can recall. Maybe I've got some kind of amnesia or something. But when it came to, to 12 o'clock at night, maybe my friend and I walked from his house to my house or rode forbidden. our bikes from that's his, forbidden from his, his house now. to my there ain't no cop that's gonna get that distance i mean we're not talking about trekking across cicero here dude we're talking <laughs> about going the end of a street <laughs> I, I mean you know <laughs> so All right. so if you grew up do in i city. think that criminals operate under the dark of night yes No, you only need to look at crime reports to figure this out. Absolutely, it's easier to take a kid and toss him in the back of your van at night than it is during the day.
0: No doubt about that, but that doesn't justify restricting the freedom of all young right. people.
2: There's, there's, certainly people should be able to uh, spit out kids one after another and give them to pedophiles, right? I mean, <laughs> are no. you kidding me? Come on. What? You're going to buy into this paranoid view? That- I don't understand, dude. I just don't understand why this is an imp- impingement on people's freedom. It seems to me, it doesn't, I do it's not know. not clear to you? I do know. People should be able to I go have, somewhere. I did spend a lot of time in prison, and I did meet a lot of people there that said that they were, quote unquote, out of the house which was a terminology that they uh, were out committing crime and slinging drugs and things like that. Mm-hmm. I had heard of a lot of those people uh, that I, in prison that had done that kind of behavior. But I, frankly, I didn't grow up that way. I just don't get it. I don't know which sort of legitimate non-criminal, beha- what non-criminal behavior is being impinged by this. Could be playing laser tag. Laser, laser tag's is interesting, but outside on the, in, the in the city That's where you play laser tag.
1: In the summertime, too, which is probably higher crime. But, you know, when I was a kid, we all had to be home by dark. And if we weren't home by dark, our parents came looking for us and usually had a little switch in his hand, you know. The old so man.
0: tell me then, if you grew up in a city, were you out at night? And if so, what Somebody were you? Somebody tell me, please. 1 855 this You defend this. One, yeah, I can defend it. And the, the ability that people should be able to go from point A to point B and do things while the sun's down. Well, Jeez. Well, they man. are
1: minors. Ian. I mean, a 12 year old's a minor. And they, so
0: what? They're still a human being. Well, no, that's and true. And they still have the ability to go places if they want to. But where are their parents? You know, I would
1: take a, That's I up would, to them. I would take a walk with my kid. At eight o'clock or ten o'clock at night, if it were, if you were with me,
2: cool man. I, I would love to leave Jack at Ian's babysitting service, where he like gives him a <laughs> big lighter and
4: sends him, sends
2: him off. His, here's a lighter, a bag of rat poison. Go have fun. What could go talk wrong? To Kevin yeah,
0: he's a free in kid. Indianapolis, listening to WXNT. Kevin, you're on Free Talk
4: Live.
5: I, I can't stand your show anymore. I want to hang up. I've, I've been on hold for forty minutes listening to this mindless dribble. And and if you don't think that a child of twelve years old should should not he should not be out at night, goodbye. So
0: you are okay. okay. Well, very intelligent call there. Uh, so yeah, I think that uh, parents and kids can make decisions for themselves. They can decide whatever their own rules are for their own household. And if a parent wants to allow their child to go out at night, it's none of your damn business.
1: None, Kevin. But but I- it is the parents' business if the child gets in trouble. Is the ch- the parent is the one who's well. The, put the, the people getting in trouble or...
0: here are going to be the parents who are going to get a five hundred dollar fine or whatever it was when the cops catch their kids out playing whatever it is they're doing at night. They're going to
2: pay it. Um, but, you know, one of the things. That yeah,
0: most people pay fines that they're. One of the things issued. that
2: disturbs me is, you know, in metro areas, there's a big problem with tagging mm-hmm. and vandalism and that kind of thing. And I'll tell you, most of the vandalism done, sadly, is done by people under the age of eighteen. And th- this is intended to be some kind of, uh, you know, so are step you backing
0: this. up this? Are you backing up a curfew? I
2: don't understand. As I have said, I don't understand why 12 year olds are out. But you out said at under night. 18. Are you backing up a curfew on 17 year olds? I think that those, you know, like they, have, they have jobs and things like that. I There's mean, more
0: it- coming up here at 855 450, free. You can take control. Free talk live. You know that cigarettes will kill you. You've been thinking about giving the e cigarette a try? There is a healthier option. 22,000 times healthier. Well, listen to this offer from Vaporsmiths.com. A pack-a-day smoker will save $120 a month. So you already start being richer, feeling healthier, and smelling better. What more could you want? How about a free starter kit? Just purchase 40 cartomizers with coupon code FTL. Free shipping on orders of $60 or more. 855-2-GET-VAPOR or go to Vaporsmiths.com. We are launching into the third hour of Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free, hang on 40 minutes, and then tell us that you're hanging up because you're so (laughs) upset. 855-450-FREE is the number here.
2: I think the guy was frustrated with uh, what he considered to be your sort of uh, lack of understanding. He's a control freak.
0: He supports the idea of curfews. I guess I am, too. You, me too. I thought you said you didn't support the curfew.
2: I don't know. I, so somebody you don't needs know? T- somebody needs to tell me. I, I'm not standing, I'm not jumping in the way of this at this point. For one, let me you. Tell think
0: you, the government should be able to stop kids any old well, time of the me, night and demand ask, identification from them? Let me ask you
2: a, a question. You little fascist. Um, <laughs> Dave Chappelle told a, a skit um, in one of his stories where he was, uh, I don't know, had some kind of limo doing a drug deal, and I think it might have been downtown Chicago. I could be wrong. Maybe it was Kansas City or something. skit. It was a skit. But I believe him. And he said at two o'clock in the morning, there was a baby. Now, I assume he's talking about a Mm -hmm. uh, toddler, a baby in a diaper standing in the middle of the street. Obviously, traffic was going around, but he was just stock- shocked by this behavior. And I am, too. I think that that's really sure, weird behavior. Sure. So the problem is going to be solved by
0: throwing people you, in a jail cell? Do you
2: support parents' rights to uh, allow their toddlers to roam freely at night?
0: I think that's a, a pretty poor choice on the parents' part, but I don't believe putting somebody in a jail cell is going to uh, to solve that problem. Well,
2: this is actually a fine, and chances are good these people aren't going to pay that fine anyway. So
0: Usually when you don't pay fines, it puts you in jail. When that happens. Uh, yep. Most poor people pay fines. Most people pay fines because they're obedient. And, you, you know, you've got to go to the pretty ludicrous extreme here to, to make a the point. The world it has parents, a ludicrous extreme. Are you saying that parents should not be able to decide in their own family what their own rules should be about when their kids should come back home?
2: Is that what you're saying? I'm wondering about baselines here. Okay, I'm just asking you, is that what you're saying? Are you saying the three year olds should be able to wander the streets of, of Inglewood, the you know, one of the highest crime rates in America? That sounds in like their a really diaper. bad
0: idea, but I'm not willing to use coercive force to change somebody's mind about that. Now, if a three year old's walking the streets, then I think it would be entirely appropriate for someone who's concerned to you know show concern maybe find out where the parents live and take the child back or perhaps you know consider uh, you know call, you know bringing in some sort of an adoptive agency to uh, get involved and, and so try to You don't to think change there's the anything situation. such
2: as criminal negligence. Let me let me try to paint a picture for you here. A, a, a parent that is so bad and so drunk and so poor at what they do that say they leave the front door open on their house that sits 6 feet from the street. And Mm -hmm. it's a relatively busy street. They've lost, at this point, four. Count them four kids who've wandered out the front door. They haven't changed their behavior. Would you call that person criminally negligent? I would say that
0: you would have a good case to maybe perhaps adopt that child. I don't know how the marketplace would respond to, to We're that. We're talking about
2: the real world today. I and I will that... agree with you that the government has created so many instances where they've torn the American family apart with their welfare programs and and driving fathers away and all the it's not the welfare, it's the it's the rules that surround mm-hmm. the welfare that they've destroyed the American family. And certainly this is a band-aid that the right. government is trying to put on a wound that they have, themselves right. have created. So I don't Use but that's a violent not monopoly
0: really. to solve these problems. I think well, that there there's a way for a community to to, to help out in that situation through compassion. Uh, but that doesn't involve you know using the police department to find people. And to I throw understand your ideology, so. dude. You know, you know we, what, what's wrong with using compassion in a case like that? Maybe contacting the parents, offering them some counseling. Didn't I
2: use the instance of four toddlers dying in the street? Well,
1: that's well, an extreme case. You, you, there's no but, real instance like that. You're par- just making crap up. But the, but the responsibility is on the parents, and we do live in a society where, where parents are advocating their responsibility in some cases, it seems like increasingly so, to watch over their kids after dark or wherever. You're seeing a lot more cases of abandoned children and mm-hmm. abused children because society is, is breaking down. Because of of government uh, heavy handedness over the last three or four decades, as I've, I've seen it in my lifetime, how right. It's so changed. A
0: curfew is more heavy
1: handedness, right? It, it is, but it's a, but I think that uh, it's a logical next step for anybody who's a statist because uh, they don't realize that, that doesn't the mean sta- you support the it, state. Though. I don't support, um, um, I would say, I support the parents being involved with their children's life and not I agree involving that. the state. I support the concern that people that support this uh, curfew have. Although,
2: I have the same deep concerns. I would love someone to tell me some, uh, for one, why a twelve, why an 11-year-old needs to be outside Here, I'll at give you an example. 10.30 at night in Kenwood. So
0: Johnson can't call in right now because he's in the middle of something, but he did tap out some instant messages about when he was growing up at a young age, uh, 12 to 13 specifically Specifically, And also, uh, when he was in Paris, uh, he was 14, completely alone, navigating the streets of that city. But when he was in middle school, ages 12 and 13, he was going to raves at that time. And as you know, raves operate until approximately 5 or 6 in the morning. Uh, let's see. Also, he said that he would often have his parents drop him off in an evening movie with his friends and be picked up afterwards. So this essentially means that uh, young people can't go to Is see this private
2: property, though? I mean, that's, that's what the, the rules, no, as sir. I understood, no. were that if...
0: No, the rules in Chicago are you have to be on your parents' property after 8.30 at night. If you're under the age of 12, if you're under the age of uh, 17, it was, I think, 10 o'clock.
2: There were probably instances where I was under the age of 12 where we stayed out later than uh, 8.30 or 9.30 mm-hmm. watching movie like a movie at a movie theater. Yeah. And then mom would come and pick us up at the DeSoto Square Mall and drive us mm-hmm.
0: home. Right. But if you were within walking distance of the movie theater, then what would be the problem of walking there?
2: Um, I, I, in this instance, there's really nothing, in, within walking distance of that movie theater, I'm I know. To, but
0: I'm just, we're talking about Chicago, where it's likely that a movie theater is well, at, relatively nearby. A lot of residential uh, you know, areas.
2: I, I got you. I can see the. I can see it. Um, and right. this is the problem with writing legislation. And one of the problems I have with legislation in general is that you can't write out specific instances. If I, if a, if a twelve-year-old is out at ten thirty at night slinging crack. Yeah, like I got a problem with that. If they're out tagging their name on the side of a building, yeah, I've got a problem with that. If they're walking home from the movie theater after having been out with a few of their friends seeing the latest uh, tween flick, that doesn't really bother <laughs> well, me Well,
0: that's good, much. Mark, and I'm glad that you can acknowledge that. So you understand then that by having a curfew, you're authorizing the police to harass anybody that they want to that looks under the age of, oh, I don't know, 21 or, or 25 or something like they that. They already do that. Now you're giving so so that's okay then so then because they already get you know make up whatever excuse they want to to harass young people
2: then you you agree with giving them yet another one I'm not propo- I, look I haven't proposed this at all I'm trying to ask I've you asked you sound for, like you've been supporting it I've asked I are you I, opposed what to I curfews? am opposed to is bad parenting and morons that don't have kids great. talking about that great Mark. That's well, so wait, so so I'm I'm, never, wait a minute. I'm
0: opposed I've never been, to, been a child, so I don't get an opinion? You've I, never been a toddler I, in the street with your di-
2: wearing your diaper? Get di- real, Mark. You know we're not talking about that. Yes, we're we are. talking about 10-year-olds. We're talking, we're talking about no, we're 11-year-olds. talking about that, too. We're talking about all this. Those parents really do exist. This isn't the ludicrous extreme. Yes, you see, it the is. ludicrous extreme doesn't exist. The ludicrous extreme it would be, oh, well, you want some lady to pull her fetus out and lay it in the street? No. The real extreme is what happened every day in america this isn't ludicrous it's ludicrous yeah, that are. people you it's are ludicrous, ludicrous that people treat their children like this i agree yeah. with you but it is not ludicrous that it happens because it but does please don't but
0: please don't pretend like this is some sort of a common thing where there's some two-year-old in diapers out in the middle of
1: the street it ludicrous, happens, it happens sometimes and you hear about it in the news media this is going to be used not, by
0: the police to go yeah. after 10 year olds 11 year olds 13-year-olds, 14-year-olds, anybody that's under a under a certain age range, they're going to have the excuse to harass them, to shake them down, to demand identification from them, to get information out of them, and to, to train them to hate them. Well, they won't uh, have a driver's
1: license at 12, so...
0: Well, that's what's next then, Wayne. They're going to they're gonna
1: demand some sort of an ID card for children here. Could, you know, when I was out after dark at 12, 13 years old, there was a percentage of the time when I was up to no good with my friends, especially right. around Halloween.
2: You know, if, if we were talking about kids going into the woods to go camping, set little fires, uh, roast some marshmallows, you know, tell stories, and and sleep in a tent or something at night. I can kind of see that when you're talking eleven and twelve year, years old, ten years old, something like that. We used to sleep
1: but, out in the but, backyard in a tent. We, we live in the suburbs, and then oh, it, I see. So wait, we...
2: so hold on. It's
0: it's okay for the people in the suburbs to have their kids out late at night, but them city kids, they're troublemakers. We can't be having <laughs> them out and no, about. My, in the streets. my
2: situation. The, the, the statement is: for one, I believe that children in the larger the group of children they're in the more dangerous they are, yes, I absolutely do believe that the more likely they are to steal things and to vandalize things. I believe that because I believe that that's a rite of passage in childhood that everybody sort of has to steal some things and vandalize some things in order to grow into an adult if at least if they have a y chromosome and so yes, I have a problem with that if kids are out in the woods vandalizing trees. Okay, I'm willing to let that go. If they're in the city spray-painting their name on the side of a, a you know, building. Why
0: can't you just go after real crime instead of this blanket attack everybody that's under the age of 18 rule? one eight five five four five zero 450 free You can take control here. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. The number is 1-855-450-FREE. That's toll-free, 1-855-450-3733. And joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Wayne. And Mark. We invite you to our website. We've got a mobile site. If you've got a smartphone, you can go to m.freetalklive.com. Quick access there to our live streams and our podcast. And it's all free, of course. That's m.freetalklive.com.
2: Are you tired of watching the value of the dollar plummet? Mm. Are you tired of banks charging you fees? Do you want to take back control of your own money? Take a look at Bitcoin. Bitcoin is the world's first decentralized, anonymous internet currency. It's gaining popularity every day. It's free to use, free to accept, and free from inflation forever. You can use Bitcoins anywhere in the world. Their value has been uh, trending upward with time, but here in the last uh, few days, it's uh, kind of going, going down a bit. There's, uh, there's been a little shakeup in the, the Bitcoin world. Uh, I've got it right now at 9 per Bitcoin. You can learn more. Visit weusecoins.org. It may be a good time to buy, though. We org.
0: We're talking about the curfew in Chicago where they're expanding the curfew. Now it is going to be earlier for kids under the age of 12 simply because, well, more control leads to more control. Chicago's Mayor Rahm Emanuel said he grew up with a curfew and so therefore he's convinced that this is the best way to, uh, you know, to raise kids with having the government be out there uh, playing mommy and daddy and essentially targeting all young people for harassment by the police. It Likewise. almost sounds like Mark's backing that up here uh, tonight well, my show. question
2: for this is regarding uh, children under the age of 12 which says to me not 12 year olds but 11 year olds um if if it's children under the age of 12 11 year olds being out after uh, uh oh, it says 12 and under here the, 12 the head, and under it's 12 and under inside the story but uh in the in the headline it's under 12 um so that can be a little confusing and this is one of the problems with uh, laws like this ordinances like this is you know what is the rule but the second is How do police officers know if a child is 12 or not? No kidding,
0: Mark. That's what I'm trying to get across to you is that they're going to start demanding some sort of uh, ID from people. And of course, kids don't have ID. So what's next? Are we going to uh, start demanding that kids carry around some sort of child identification card? I have
2: heard of, um, you know, in instances where kids have to have these, like, IDs that they get from the government. Well, a lot
0: they, of them have IDs from school, so maybe they'll have to carry around their school ID with them while they're out and about. I'll tell you, the government
2: loves IDs. Let's
0: go to Kenny, listening in South Carolina. Kenny, you're on Free Talk Live.
8: Hey, guys. How's it going?
0: Kenny, what's on your mind tonight?
8: Well, I can understand Mark's gut reaction to this, which is, you know, what's an 11-year-old doing out after X o'clock, which makes sense. But well, the problem is, this doesn't just affect kids. This is going to affect uh, teenagers. The bottom line is curfews never affect who they, just like any government action, never affects the people that it's intended for. And uh, it affects, uh, there's going to be 14-year-olds walking around just going to the store and coming back that are going to get harassed for being out after curfew. And that's kind of stupid.
1: And a waste of time. And right, they have to prove that they're fourteen, and, and how do you do that? And how if do you, don't you do have a driver's that? license?
0: Right, because it's, it's eight thirty for a twelve, or for a twelve. Excuse me, it was twelve and under, right? So it's eight thirty for a twelve-year-old. But if you're thirteen or fourteen, and you look a little on the young side, I don't know about you, but I find it a little hard to tell the difference between who's what age. And of course, kids develop at different ages. It's not mm-hmm. all like one stand. No, no way to tell. You know, you don't start growing breasts at age X. It, it happens at different times for uh, for different kids. You don't hit that growth spurt. Uh, you know, as far as the height of a teenager until a certain point. And uh, so how are you going to discern these things? It seems to me it's going to lead to even more control and more tyranny over young people's lives.
8: Exactly. Um, And I I think, like, the issue that Mark's talking about with the uh, Dave Chappelle skit and all that, toddlers running around, as far as parents being completely neglectful, this is definitely not going to help that it's actually probably going to make it worse because then you have um, parents that are going to assume, parents that don't watch their kids, they're going to assume, well, my kids aren't going to stay out, so I don't even have to go and find them now. They'll just go and stay at their friend's house instead of walking around the street all night, which is really stupid. That now, Kenny, sense. where did you I mean, grow up? I grew up uh, a little bit everywhere. I'm a military kid, um, but during, when, around that age of 14 to 17, I lived in uh, in Europe, in in the city,
0: now what was that so we what was that actually, like as a young person? Were you able to go uh, out at night in your parent when you were living living there?
8: I've actually lived under a curfew when I was actually around ten because we lived on a military base. And actually what happens is the only kids that get caught are the kids that aren't actually up to anything. Kids that are going, you know, coming back from a movie yep. or kids that want to go out and skate. But the kids that are out, you know, spray painting or huffing spray paint or or whatever, they're, you know, they're staying
0: hidden. They Great point, Kenny. And that's that's actually whatever. something that I said on Monday night, and that's why... Thanks, by the way, for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing well, One from you. thing's
2: for sure. The government considers anybody with a skateboard a criminal. I mean, that's that, that has been the <laughs> way since uh, skateboards were invented because, uh, honestly, many of the tricks that uh, skateboarders do are uh, destructive to pr- certain types of property. Mm-hmm. So they'll do these rail slides, and I've, I've done them. Uh, you know, the, the the grinds and all this stuff, and it, it you know it's not so good for for the, the and curbs paint jobs and, yeah, yeah. and paint jobs and, and things like that. So, you know, to some extent, rightly, the government considers everybody with a skateboard to be a criminal. Now, the kid could have uh, never done a, gra- a rail slide in his, his life and is just rolling down the sidewalk. But, you know, they right. – they don't I, like that either. I'm
0: glad he brought this up. I had hesitated to bring it up because obviously we're kind of recapping a little bit of ground from Monday night. You weren't here. That's your night off, Mark, because you're now doing the Sunday yeah, show. you and Dale just talking about, yeah, oh,
2: no big deal. Right? Because we understand of the street. Right. What is,
0: what's the problem? We understand freedom. Uh, yeah. and so no, I, I don't understand freedom. Right. You, that's right. You, you I don't get You seem to be having it. trouble with I this issue. I understand
2: kids, and I understand right. you hate them. You <laughs> seem to be having
0: trouble with this issue. You no. hate
2: the idea of children because they screw with your little mm. fantasy world
1: you've no. created in your head. No, I don't hate the idea of
0: kids. You know Ian yes. I, what yes, it comes down work. to
1: for me as a parent is that a curfew is a suboptimal solution and, and to the extent by which a society becomes less responsible then government is called upon to create more and more and more laws and rules and I don't think and that never works and they don't work and, and they do cause problems my my answer is always where are the parents where are the parents here if the parents are going to let a 12 year old or 11 year old run around the street with their kids at nighttime in the summer in a big city they're nuts they're totally nuts. Well, I don't know,
0: Wayne. I don't live in those areas, and I can't say whether or not that's a nutty decision or not. Maybe well, they feel safe in their neighborhood, uh, and they're not <laughs> all paranoid about these evil people lurking around every corner. If
2: you can't say it's not nuts, then shut up. I mean, this is the people in Chicago passing this law, right? No,
0: it's not the people. It's the government. What, you, what doing do you think is the government? Uh, they, hominids two not, eyes a nose and a the mouth people some people <laughs> are in the government the people not in chicago people. That,
2: right you're saying you don't know are you saying if, that people want this in feet, Chicago? you're saying that you don't know as if feet on the ground are some way to make this decision you don't care about feet on the ground you don't care where anybody is that's making this decision
0: uh, no, what I care about is freedom and the ability for individuals and families to make decisions for their own selves without having some government bureaucrat come in and dictate to them that their kids have to be in by 8.30 at night. Are you really taking the side of the state on this? I, did I say I'm taking the side it of the sure state? It sure as sounds I, like it. I'm telling it sounds you, like you're dancing around I'm it. telling you that you have no solutions. Uh, yeah, my solution is personal responsibility. Your solution
2: is you don't care what happens to these people's kids.
0: That's not true, Mark. It's not my business. It's the parents who should be deciding what happens to their kids uh, and what the appropriate parents, way to parent is. There are and some if parents whose kids
2: are out after 1030 great, night that Mark, aren't There are making some parents that
0: beat their kids as well. There are some parents that spank their kids. There are some parenting decisions that I don't agree with. But in some cases, there's a reason to perhaps take a child away from parents, like if they are being abusive toward them. And if you consider that to be abusive, then I would invite you to be the res- the uh, rescue man. You can go around and rescue the little babies and their diapers, and oh, you're so I concerned. Can have,
2: then I could have you saying, oh, well, this guy was operating outside of the law, so he was doing something right. I'll get what? Ian's nod on the radio I if I go and kidnap kids.
0: Free talk live. <laughs> Become a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 per month. You'll get perks and you'll help us free more minds worldwide. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. The toll-free number for you one 855 450 free that's 1-855-450-3733. And joining you this evening, it's Ian and
2: Wade and Mark
0: and the shouting madman, fa- little fascist, <laughs> uh, little tyrant known as Mark. It's really coming out tonight. Your fascistic side, Mark. Yeah. Uh, people are really seeing your true
2: colors. What's coming out tonight is your lack of concern for human uh, I am concerned.
0: I'm just not willing to use the violent monopoly as my problem solver in life. And the idea that enforcing a curfew on young people is somehow going to stop you know, kids from causing trouble outside at night is absolutely absurd. And anyway, we'll get back to
2: that issue here in a moment. Single CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early out billing and they purchase, charged off, receivable. SACL knows that the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful, they record every call, and they have the best equipment money can buy so that your business is handled as efficiently as possible. You can see their banner at freetalklive.com. It's Sickle C A I. It's top on the right hand side of the page.
0: We've already gone through a number of the consequences. That uh, many people may not realize will come out of these curfews happening, and that is that kids are going to be harassed regularly by the police, shaken down, searched. Uh, How does a cop know if a kid is 12, 11, 13? I mean, right, I possibly arrested. They may may result in kids being forced to carry identification cards. Around I didn't with have them.
2: ID at that time. I went to a private school. We didn't have student. Well, IDs.
0: they may force you to start. You look, look, son. If you want to start going to movies at night, let's say you're 15, because then there are different curfews in Chicago for different age kids. You get stopped by the cops. You're like, whoa, whoa. Well, I'm not 12. I'm 14. Well, I don't know if you're 14. You're gonna. I'll give you this warning tonight. If I see you well, out again you without what, an officer, ID card in, in
2: the United States of America, we're innocent until proven guilty. So you need to prove that I'm 12. Here's your little piece oh, yeah. of paper back. Bye bye.
0: Well, that'd be great. Can you imagine the cops having to deal with a kid that actually a kid that actually knows his rights? Now that's a pretty. They rare, probably just tase him. Uh, yeah, that's a pretty rare situation. <laughs> and then the uh, you know the last uh, gentleman we had on pointed out, and I think rightfully so, that like uh, like a firearms ban or some sort of firearms legislation, like for instance, Mark, you're a felon. Uh, buy it legally, you're not allowed to own firearms, but that doesn't stop the real criminals from going and getting their firearms. Right.
2: Ex-felons that want to commit crimes with firearms have no problems getting firearms. It's ex-felons that want to protect their family in a legitimate fashion that have a difficult time uh, you know, keeping firearms. They don't have any trouble getting them, in but the s- they had a- trouble getting them sort of legally. In the exact same way, a troop
0: of kids coming back from a uh, you know, 9 o'clock movie at night, coming back at 11 o'clock, going home, they're going to be the ones stopped and harassed by the police not the ones that are sneaking through the alleyways that are actually doing the tagging you know the 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 bad kids the ones that are out to cause trouble are still going to go out and cause trouble they're going to be the ones sneaking out of their mom's windows in the middle of the night or whatever i guess the
2: suggestion is is that they can get the uh, good kids off the street then they can concentrate on the bad ones but that's going to result in. Oh, the there's good all kids. kinds of problems. Right. I, I, you know, I haven't said that so there aren't. Every let's time the solve problems has this,
0: without the violence of the state. Okay, let's use compassion with our neighbors and in, in the, you know, the hopes that
2: I don't somehow think approaching. It's very, I think this is, uh, you know, letting letting a kid of a certain age out at a certain time of night sounds like criminal negligence to me.
0: Use ostracism to solve that problem, or in a future where we don't have the violent monopoly around, then you just can, use your own uh, you can free go market and kidnap violence and kids because use that's what you market. want them to do, right? You want them to kidnap the third year old that's in the streets. So, Maybe you could you know, just you go get the drunk
2: dad in his, in his uh, crotch or something. I don't something. think violence solves problems, Mark. I,
0: I'd, I would have hoped that you as a Quaker would have learned that by now, but clearly you're regressing. Let's talk to Tanya <laughs> listening in Georgia. Tanya, you're on Free Talk Live.
9: Hi, Ian. Um, I just wanted to say that I am so agreeing with you on all of this. Wait a minute. Um, do you have kids? Yes.
2: Ah. So what's your solution okay, um, for kids being out too late?
9: Well, the kids, if they're doing anything wrong, there's already laws in place that can stop them. You don't have to give the cops an extra tool to harass innocent people. Sure, you could already
0: charge um, them with disorderly conduct or some other nonsense.
9: Well, I'm just going to say, like, when I was a kid, uh, I, I grew up in Toledo. Okay. Um, we were always out after dark in the neighborhood playing with each other. You know, we would play flashlight tag. We'd catch fireflies. There were many reasons to be out after dark. It's we fun. in our yeah and we would be in our neighbor's yards, like in tents and then walk home after and our parents knew where we were and a point i wanted to make first is that like different kids had different times they had to be home you know your mom might say you got to be home at nine my mom might say 10 and my other friend might have to be home at 11 and i don't think the cops and lawmakers should come in and say oh no 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 you don't get to decide anymore all those parents your kids got to be in at 10 or you know eight thirty. i don't even know what that's about <laughs> now as a parent I was terrified for my son when he was 17 and had a job at a movie theater that he was going to be harassed and somehow stopped or, you know, had to worry about police. I wasn't worried about him getting into trouble, being out late by anyone else except the police when they passed Kirkby Law here.
2: Right. Now, and so, I mean, what I, we focused on that here doing this. Worse. What we focused on in this one has been mostly the 12 and under curfew because that's the part that I really don't understand. When a kid starts getting – Working age, um, you know. I understand the kids work different times. I mean, I had jobs that were late and that kind of thing. You got to get home from the job. Well, usually like, they will give you an been...
0: excuse. They'll give they'll give you an out. Like if you're dressed nice, like you just came from work, they'll they'll let you pass on on those. But isn't it teenagers
2: that are more likely to cause trouble than say an eleven year old or a ten year old? I think that the eleven year olds and the ten year olds that are out, um, that this is you know the the drug couriers will use ten and eleven year olds because they can't be they You know the 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 penalty aren't as high for them. So, uh, yeah, right. no, I'm not prepared to say that. Definitely not. So,
0: Tanya, you said there's a curfew down in Georgia?
9: Yeah, there's a curfew law for the kids here.
2: Where are you in Georgia?
9: Just north of Atlanta.
0: Okay. All right. So is it the city of Atlanta or some little
4: suburb?
9: No, we live in a suburb, and, you know, we really don't have the kind of problems that you might suspect in, you know, uh, a more highly, you know, populated urban area. It's, it's still the same law, though, for the whole state.
0: It's a state statewide curfew. Like
9: they're out. Yeah, they treat everybody like they're up to no good. Can and you give me? Can, it's really.
0: Well, well, give me the details on this. I mean, what is the age range? The time limit statewide?
9: Well, now I have to say I'm not 100 percent sure on this because my kids are over curfew age now, mm-hmm. so I don't have to worry about it so much. But I'm pretty sure that what it was was that you couldn't be out after 11, if it was a certain age, like. It was it was a younger teenager, like fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, something like that. Mm-hmm. If you were driving age, had a job, it was uh, um midnight, and on the weekends it was midnight.
0: And the cops, I presume, will regularly harass teenagers and that that kind of thing?
9: Well, yeah, not so much around here, but they had that tool available to mm-hmm. them, and that's what very much scared me because a lot of times my son would get off work and he works with people that were over eighteen, they'd want to go to steak and shake, it's over sure. twenty four hours. And you know, it's like I say, no, you know, you have to come home and, and he's, you know, I'd have to argue with him and try to explain to him that I'm worried about police. About the police, right. Him.
0: It's fun right. going to Steak and Shake. I remember doing that stuff when I was a teenager. So.
9: Well, you know, they're trying to take all the fun out of it.
0: So let's rewind back to when you, when your kids were younger, uh, when they were say 11 or 12, were they allowed to go out,
2: you know, nine, ten, eleven.
0: 10,
9: <laughs> We had baseball games that lasted later than 10.
2: At that point, he's there, they're out with their parents. Um, you know, that no, was... no, were they allowed to go out alone?
9: Uh no, no. Okay. But, but that's a parenting thing. That's I not agree. for the state to tell me. Exactly I, right. If he wanted to walk. If he wanted to walk around the corner home from the baseball game with a group of his friends when they're 11 years old, and we're all driving there, or the mom's driving there to meet them who are the cops to say no you're a bad parent if you let them do that
0: thank you tanya for being the voice of reason in a discussion with a madman and i thank you for the call tonight i appreciate hearing from you
2: you know one would hope that uh and i don't believe this for a second but this is the the hope of people when they um, have when they you know support these curfew situations is that the police officers will act in a reasonable fashion Mm. now i I mean (laughs) i work in a job where we approach uh, Cops being unreasonable on a daily basis. We these are the
0: same cops that will shut down a, a lemonade stand of a four-year-old, right? Let's right. talk to John in New York. You're on Free Talk Live. John.
6: Hi, how are you? Hey, uh, I time? really appreciate the uh, back-and-forth discussion. I think it's really healthy. I mean, if you all just agreed, it would be boring. So I don't know why that guy hung up on you. I think you guys are actually doing a good service. The one thing I would say is obviously we're not getting to the root of the problem, So if you just, you know, had uh, more of a libertarian government, then obviously a lot of these issues we wouldn't really be talking about in the first place. We wouldn't have a drug problem at night. Second, no doubt. Issue, um, second issue is the idea... Right, how many kids... I'll let you
0: bring up to your second issue here in a moment. Stick with us. How many kids would be out on the streets slinging crack if crack were completely legal? Right, that would
2: eliminate that. Also, you would eliminate the uh, situation of parents, t- families being ripped apart by a welfare system that requires dads to not be present in the home.
0: Toll-free number 855-450-FREE. There's just enough time for you and your thoughts at 1-855-450-3733. More Free Talk Live coming up in moments. When you're planning your move to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project, consider Keen. Civil Disobedience, Politics, Media, Outreach, and Social Events. Keen has it all. Get connected with video, audio, our forum, and more at freekeen.com. That's freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. Moments remain. Made enough time for you and your thoughts at 1 450 free. That's 855 450 3733. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Wayne. And Mark, inviting you to our website. You can go get interactive there. You actually get to control the content of the site. So, what you see on the site has actually been created by listeners like you. You get to vote on different items, and the most voted up make it to the front page in the top of the website. Uh, over at freetalklive.com. And if you enjoy the program, you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can join the AMP program. Go to amp.freetalklive.com. AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. And the idea is you send us three bucks a month. We take that, reinvest it into the show, get on more radio stations around the country, bring more internet listeners on board, and expose new people to the ideas of freedom. So, three bucks a month, any major credit card, PayPal. Head on over there to amp.freetalklive.com. Get yourself signed up.
2: Are the rich really getting richer and the poor getting poorer? No, says Stephen Horowitz uh, from LearnLiberty.org. Go to LearnLiberty.org slash FTL and see the video where Steve Horowitz, uh, the shows the rich are getting richer and so are the poor. Find out what income mobility is. Find it all out at LearnLiberty.org slash FTL. There's that video there, a couple of others that we've picked out. These are very compelling videos that are are worth the watch. And when you're there, check out the Learn Liberty Academy link that's on the right-hand side of the page. It's a course for people who want free, online, continuing education and economics and libertarian thought. It's LearnLiberty.org slash FTL. I've found these videos to be extraordinarily compelling and um, well done. And I th- hope that you find them the same way.
0: Let's continue. We've got John back in New York. Uh, John, you're back on Free Talk Live. Go ahead with your thoughts.
6: Yeah, hi, a couple other things. So, first of all, how to collect a fine, because this really is going after people of a cer- certain socio- socioeconomic class.
0: You're so talking so about the curfew?
6: Even, yeah, okay. these people probably can't even afford, like, I mean, they don't even pay taxes. Maybe, for example, so how are they even going to ever collect this fine? So it's ridiculous. The other issue. Well, is Well, they have they have their that.
0: ways. I mean, uh, if you ever sit in a uh, like an arraignment. In town, wherever it is you live, go and sit in on a Monday morning or Tuesday morning arraignment where they're bringing in all the people they've arrested over a weekend. And you look at the kind of people that go in there. They, uh, many of them are not very wealthy. Let's just say that. And usually they'll say to the man in the robe, I can't afford to pay this. And the man in the robe will say, well, we can put you on a payment plan. We'll just go ahead and finance you on this fine. You can pay us $20 a week or a month or whatever, and then they charge them a finance charge on top of the, uh, the, uh, you know, the fine that they've already arbitrarily uh, put right. on top of them. Before, and, of course, the, the poor person doesn't want to go to jail, so they'll agree to making the payments.
6: Well, we don't know if that's actually the end result if you don't end up paying.
0: Oh, yeah, that's if typically the end result
2: if you don't pay a we've fine. we spend spent a, a good deal of our time in courtrooms. I mean, not every courtroom around the United States, but you know, quite a few.
0: Do you think, that, you think the bureaucrats are just going to sit there and twiddle their thumbs if you say to them, well, I can't pay that?
6: Right. Yeah. Well, a lot of these people find under the radar. The other issue is that, I mean, I'm, I grew up in Brooklyn, but I also spent a couple of years in the suburbs, so I kind of have a perspective on both. And um, where I, when I was growing up in Brooklyn, I mean, if you went out at night, it wasn't safe. I mean... You, you, you either had to be going somewhere, like, real quick, mm-hmm. or you're, you're going to get into trouble somehow. Like, somebody's going to beat you up, or you're going to get jacked up, or something like that. Oh, so,
0: I believe if you. Actually, I, yeah. If you
6: actually go to these cities, and you go and you just walk around, like, it, it, it's not like the suburbs. I, when I spent a couple of years in the suburbs, I was allowed to go out at all hours of the night. I mean, m- much of the time, I was up to no good, but there weren't really many creditors, and we kind of had, like, free reign, so it was a little different. But when you're in the city, I mean, a lot of these kids under 17, they're the ones that are committing a lot of violence because, as somebody else said,
4: they don't get the same penalties.
0: Right, so, and they can't work, and you know they're in, attracted to gang activity because there's money involved in doing things like dealing drugs. Right. And, of course, so we pointed out...
4: drugs
6: were legal, yeah. we wouldn't have all these problems. The other question is, in any way that a Dano and Pete could ever become police officers?
2: <laughs> I think Pete actually has had the training as a, uh, as a police officer. He was originally and...
0: considering doing that and then changed his mind. He found the ideas of liberty as he was in the process of uh, basically becoming a cop. So it's very interesting. Now he's behind CopBlock.org. And hey, thanks, John, for the, uh, the call tonight. appreciate hearing
1: from you. 855-450-FREE. But John made a good point earlier before the break that, you know, in a libertarian society, you know, a lot of these problems like illegal drugs wouldn't be in existence. And sometimes when you look at something like this, you have to take a few steps backward and look at the forest and not the trees because you can be very easily misled or herded into the status mentality. The forest is scary. The forest is scary, but you have to take a few steps back and see it because if you see the whole picture and you realize all the problems that exist around us today because of the state – yeah then I think that um, it's not hard to imagine a a freer society like we once had. Right, and then they use the problems to give themselves more reasons
0: to exist. Oh, you're scared? Well, we can help you with that. Exactly. Uh, When, of course, as Tanya pointed out, she was mostly afraid of her kids getting caught by the police uh, for whatever reason. Let's continue to, because the police hurt people. Let's talk to James in Indiana. You're on Free Talk Live. James.
5: Hi, I had a real quick question for you. Um, Ron Paul had introduced a bill on monday to cancel 1.6 trillion in debt that's uh held by the federal reserve
2: yeah Mm -hmm.
0: saw that um
5: what what do you all think that the chances of that getting passed and what kind of effects might happen
1: i'm I'm sorry who did you who did
2: you say uh entered the bill
1: ron paul
5: ron
2: paul okay zero. zero has ron paul ever had a bill pass? Yeah,
1: <laughs> uh, the audit wondering. the Fed bill sort of did. Uh, through it, got, the it, House. Got a, it
2: got a lot of yeah. the in, The audit the Fed bill had a lot of support in the House. It made it through the House, but it didn't get in anywhere in the Senate. Sort of, don't cut S- it. Sorry, you know I, I, I love Ron Paul. I think he's uh, you know a pretty good, pretty darn good legislator. There's there's some things about him that bother me, but by and large, he's really good at anything that you know he's behind tends to kind of get blackballed. So up he's there. talking
5: about
0: just repudiating the 1.6 trillion, like screw this, we're not paying you back.
5: Essentially, yeah. It, it, I don't see a downside, but I, I guess I don't see the whole picture.
0: Well, I, I tend to agree with you on that. I mean, it's not like it's our debt. We didn't earn it. We didn't. Uh, we didn't
1: buy it. It's we being didn't... assigned to us, though. It's being and assigned. And our debt. The, the fact
2: is the government has been in debt since its inception, so therefore the debt that we have, at least some of the principle that we're dealing with, is debt from 1789. I mean, that's how old this debt is. The, the idea that I say that we're passing this debt on to our grandchildren is really fallacious. If this government were around when I had grandchildren – and I suspect it won't be. right. But if if it will be, then we're passing on debt to
1: their grandchildren and their grandchildren. See, I, it seems to me that uh, back in the 1800s, maybe Andrew Jackson had re- had retired the I national got debt. got to 60000
0: Well, whether it's legislated to be repudiated or it's simply just not paid on because the government crashes and burns at some point, mm. that, that day is going to come. Uh, those creditors are going to get screwed over either way. So it's their fault for taking the risk of loaning to an aggressive uh, monopoly, as far as I'm concerned concern. I don't feel sorry for any of those people. You backed up the uh, the aggressive monopoly, the violent monopoly, and you get what's coming to you, which is probably not getting paid back. Hey James, thanks for the call. Appreciate hearing from you. Let's go to uh 855 450 is the number James. Another James, this one in Alabama listening to WBHP. Hello James. Hey, how are you? Hey, great. What's on your mind?
10: Well, um, I remember going to be talking about curfew a little bit earlier. Um, I'm from Chicago, and I grew up in a pretty bad neighborhood in Chicago. They actually called it the Wild Hundreds of Chicago. The um, Wild what? They, yeah, it was intentionally mispronounced. It was a Hundreds H U N E D S. That's how they pronounced it. It was pretty
0: bad. N E D S. The Wild. Hun- oh, so Hundreds. gotcha. Okay. Right. So, why? Um, what was your experience?
10: Uh, well, um, well, it's just about. I had to take, you know, public transportation is, is pretty big there, and um, I had to do public transportation pretty much every day that I went to school. And I can't count how many times that, you know, I've, I've encountered bullies, people were trying to rob me, um, not necessarily guns on my route to the transportation, but, you know, just around the neighborhood. But what I was trying to touch on is the fact that um, curfew didn't help at all. Curfew meant nothing, Um in my 17 years that I was there, I'd probably say that I was approached by the police maybe once, maybe twice. Um, and I was reading recently that Chicago actually jumped to number one on the, the most dangerous cities in America. Oh, wow. Um,
0: More than Baltimore?
10: You know, uh, yeah, yeah. Like, i am it, you know, it was one of those, you know, Yahoo type um, websites, but so, you know, I can't really comment on how accurate that is. But James, that, just to clarify,
0: when you say the curfew didn't help, do you feel like that's because it wasn't really enforced?
10: Right. I mean, regardless of you know how many police there are in Chicago, it's a it's a really big city, and they can't touch on just about every place. It's like it's like fireworks. Um, I, I was told, I, you know, I, I didn't really ask a police officer, but I've been told that fireworks are illegal in Chicago, and everybody um, they do it has anyway. To yeah, they they go to Indiana to buy the fireworks and you
2: know <laughs> just, just Chicago, across the border.
10: Exactly, and everybody in Chicago pops fireworks, but the police can't get to everybody, so
0: Do you feel like it would make a difference if the cops really started cracking down on teenagers, or would that just result in the good kids getting popped?
10: Yeah, well I mean, I'm pretty sure they can they can discern the bad ones from the good ones because, like I said, I was I've only been approached once, but I think it, it may maybe it may be small, but it may.
0: Thanks for the uh, the inside scoop, appreciate it, James. We are out of time for tonight. We'll be back tomorrow. You can join us online in the meantime at freetalklive.com.